This is Defenders on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about WandaVision, Season 1, Episode 3, now in colour. With all the close calls we've been having, it seems the people of Westview are always on the verge of discovering our secret. Yes, I know what you mean. But it's more than that, isn't it? This room, this is hard. Dinner. Outside with her. I think something's wrong here, Wanda. Yes, I know what you mean. The truth is, we are in uncharted waters. And you know what? I'm anxious too. We just don't know what to expect. No. The Defenders TV podcast has returned to TV podcast industries. And yes, we're talking about the one and only WandaVision season one, episode three, now in color. I am one of your hosts, Chris. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I'm one of your other hosts, John. I guess I'm rounding out the group. It's Derek, your third host for this episode. I know it's so great. For once, I'm first. Yes. I love it. Chris, not rounding out uh, for once this time. <laughs> well, I, oh. to be fair, I've rounded a bit too much over the holidays in <laughs> December. So now I'm trying to slim it down a bit. Yes. And, and a year of coronavirus uh, wait uh, as well, I suppose, for all three of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm always in the middle, so I am the rose between two thorns. Yeah, or the ham in our sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I was so excited to talk about this episode of WandaVision. Uh, myself and John luckily got to see this last week before episode two. We didn't mm-hmm. spoil anything for Chris. Chris, you went into this completely blind. You didn't get to, didn't get to say it, but we finally get to watch this episode and talk about it. Really excited. Uh, unfortunately though, myself and John stayed up till about two o'clock last night watching Russell T. Davis's new show. Um, this, uh, it's a sin on channel four. We watched about four episodes of that last night. So hopefully we don't sound too tired on the old microphones this morning, but uh, really enjoyed that, that show on, uh, on channel four. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I will say I did the exact opposite. I got um, the one and only WandaVision as my Friday night treat now. Ex- it is fantastic. Excellent. Had stuff. some sushi. And then I went into the old TV movie vault and watched Dogma. Oh, very good. Ah, very good. Just for the hell of it. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. And you know, I went like, I need a bit of dogmatic law discussion. You know, that's <laughs> it really. I need to get in the ins and outs of belief and faith and everything in between with some adult uh, jokes thrown in with and a bit of uh, smoking paraphernalia jokes thrown in, mm-hmm. just sprinkled on top. And you know what? It's still as good. It really is. But we're not here to talk about Kevin Smith and Dogma, even though I could definitely do it. And I was also going to say my snoring was because I'm tired, not because of It's a Sin, oh, which no. is fantastic. Great show. Great show. <laughs> oh, okay. So both, both watching sinful things on a Friday night after yes. uh, after WandaVision. Is WandaVision not sinful enough for us? We have to supplement it with <laughs> with some sinful stuff. Is that what it is? <laughs> to be fair, it is very family-friendly right now. Yeah. 70s family-friendly. It's all about the children, Chris. 
it is. It's uh, all the about children. the children, <laughs> um, and of course for we, the children. We know, we know, listeners for the children. For the children, <laughs> correct word. Yes. And of course, we do get um, episode titles now. So our oh, episode yes. one was filmed before a live studio audience, That's right. and episode two was "Don't Touch That Dial." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and nice the- to get a. a an episode title, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This time it's, uh, it's now in color is the name of this episode. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, one of our wonderful listeners, Claire, noticed how depressed and, uh, and disappointed I was that there were no episode titles on the, uh, when we discussed it on our last episode. So yes, they are appearing, but they're not appearing when the episodes go up at 8 a.m. over here. Uh, they're appearing about three or four hours later. Suddenly the episode title seems to appear. So maybe it'll get better as the weeks go on. But, uh, yes, Derek is grinning like a Cheshire cat. I'm very happy. See, I did like the idea that it was chapters, like in a comic yeah. book. Like that's one thing I like. I, I've been slightly trained by the Mandalorian, kind of chapters one of book one, yeah. chapter one. Like I do like that idea. But they have names as well on Mandalorian. They do. They they are chapter one, but there is a title on each of the episodes as well. Um, it just felt like the episode one, two, and three just felt a little lazy. That's all. <laughs> I see they've got a chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and then the end was like the final chapter. Da, 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 da. Yeah, but the, 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 the definitely titles. They did have the child in there and they did have yeah. they did have episode titles in there. So I'm really happy. I think as we said, we got we were lucky enough to get the previews from Disney Plus and, and the three episodes. Thank were, you, Disney Plus. Exactly. But the three episodes were called episode one, two, and three there as well. Yeah. So none of us thought that they were actually going to name them, but I'm so happy they did. Anyway, that's all we have to say about the titles. Just happy that they're there uh, at the moment. And they're not giving anything away. That's what the weird part about it is that uh, titles themselves are just callbacks to things that would have been said on TV in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Don't touch that dial. Uh, filmed in front of a live studio audience and now in colour were just kind of things that you would see regularly on TV at the time. So they're not giving anything away about the, about the episode. So no. uh, it's obviously just a coding thing rather than any kind of keeping spoilers back uh, choice by Disney, unless something happens later on in the series that, uh, that does give away major things about the show. But let's get into talking about episode three of uh, of WandaVision. Thanks very much for joining us, fellow Defenders. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe at tvpodcastindustries.com. Pop it over there. You'll see subscriptions to any Wiccan or Android-loving podcast player where you can uh, subscribe to the podcast, TV Podcast Industries, or you can send us some feedback about any of your thoughts about WandaVision as well. Loads of feedback coming in about these episodes. Uh, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or follow us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries and share your thoughts about the episodes as you watch them. Yes, you can also leave a voicemail as well over on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you would like to support and keep our producer Derek in caffeine as he edits into the wee <laughs> hours of the night, we will be so appreciative. Yes, you can support us over on patreon.com slash TV podcast industries, where with just a single dollar, you can inject the black gold of espresso filled caffeine directly into the Nespresso machine that is our podcast apparatus that drips and percolates <laughs> down into his veins and powers him through the night. I think yes. after staying up as late as we did last night, uh, I may need a lot more coffee this week uh, to edit. <laughs> uh, one final thing before we get into discussing the episode, we are going to separate out our feedback this week, just to mention that. Um, there has Radical. been some, well, maybe not speculation, but there are spoilers out there about the future of the show. Yes. We don't live in a vacuum. We know what those spoilers are. We mentioned before that we're not going to talk about those on the podcast until they're delivered on the show. But if you guys want to send us some feedback, 
we will absolutely talk about it. So we're going to have a separate section at the end of the episode talking about some of those uh, pieces of feedback about the spoilers uh, that could potentially um, point to things that may happen in the show in the future. There you go. So, but we'll talk about those in our spoiler spoiler section at the end of the podcast. Uh, let's get into this discussion about episode three. Uh, the episode was written by Megan McDonnell. Uh, this is her first writing credit, but she is currently rumored to be writing Captain Marvel 2. Uh, which has been announced Indeed. as one of the upcoming movies on the Marvel slate uh, in Phase 4. So uh, obviously very happy with her work uh, within Marvel. Apparently, additionally, she has some uh, activity with uh, Miss Marvel as well. Um, and connections, how that may work, who knows? Oh, she may be a writer on the Disney show, Miss Marvel. Yes. Oh, very good, yes. very good. Apparently. Excellent. And once again, episode directed by Matt Shackman. Um, John, do you want to give us the synopsis for this episode of WandaVision? Sure. Now in glorious technical, Wanda's very recent pregnancy takes a decidedly speedy and fruity form. But for Vision, something feels wrong. As Wanda's contractions start, Westview experiences blackouts and burst pipes. Vision races to get the Doctor, Geraldine needs a bucket, and Herb and Agnes loiter outside their house. But for Vision, something feels wrong. Wanda, helped by Geraldine, gives birth to twins. In the happy afterglow, the two baby boys settle down, but some unsettling questions begin to formulate about Westview and Geraldine from the Doctor, Agnes and Herb. Vision knows that there is something wrong here. Inside, as Wanda talks about her twin brother, things become awkward with Geraldine. Something is sparked in Geraldine, who remembers that Pietro was killed by Ultron. As Vision races into the house, Geraldine is gone. Elsewhere, Geraldine is thrown out of Westview, through a force field to the ground. As the helicopters whirl around and armed men race to her location, Vision feels that things have returned to normal. Probably the biggest episode of WandaVision so far. Definitely the one that's most tied to the MCU. Um, yes. yes, for the first definitely. time. I don't know why. I think, I think they've kind of taken that that away over the first two episodes it felt like will this be connected to the mcu or will it feel like you know they're in a completely different universe and suddenly you get a mention of something like ultron on the show and it yeah. feels so incongruous to what's been going on that it's that it really stands out i mentioned like that so. and suddenly you believe imdb that james spader may be um reprising his voice uh as as ultron i'd love to see which would ultron be awesome on the show would be so cool <laughs> especially if they did it like you know in a in a, an 80s comedy and we had a robot version of ultron for <laughs> Uh, that'd be cool. like a Cyberman or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that <laughs> oh my god, that would be good. <laughs> that would be really, really cool. It's just like they go full B movie esque. Yeah, like, exactly. it's just basically a man in cardboard. You kind of see the like, gaffer tape sort of, yeah, sort of exactly. hanging off the side or something. Wouldn't that be so cool, <laughs> guys? Let's talk about our moments from the episode. We split it out into our five moments uh, for for our discussions each week when we're talking about these episodes of WandaVision. Moment number one, really, we've been talking about this each week is the setting of the show where it's set what's it, what it's kind of taken reference from um i want to start out with that awesome theme tune at the beginning of the show uh ba 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 one division uh, I can't sing. I'm just saying the words. <laughs> I love it. It feels really like a 70s show. I love that they did this kind of um, really expensive looking open, opening. You'd see this very much in 70s TV shows. Even the sitcom set in like one or two sets would have these openings where they run across the city and, and taken images of the main actors in all these various really outside locations looking like they've spent loads of money on it. 
And then most of the setting of the show is in these really small units, these sets. Like I love, there's a, a moment here with, uh, with Paul Bettany's vision standing in his front garden and you can see that the whole neighborhood is just two painted walls. Yeah. <laughs> it's really the, the map painting. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, really cool. Again, the, the kind of setting that, that they're pulling from on these TV shows is kind of like the Brady Bunch, the mm-hmm. Partridge family. The, oh, yeah. the, 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 it's very those 70s sitcoms. Again, I, not my natural touchstone have uh-huh. seen them. I'm more into the, like the fuller house as we go towards there. Okay. That kind of, kind of sitcom. Yeah. But the, the, the intro did, it was straight away, like reminiscent. Like you could see, even remember, the um, heart to heart. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, it, it was all those types of shows in the late seventies, early eighties that had exactly as you said. Yeah. So like Columbo, where Columbo had four sets on a show, one on episode. Yeah. But the the opening still had him going, driving around in his car. Yeah. And cycling on the bike. Yeah, obviously not Columbo cycling on the bike. But you understand <laughs> where I'm coming. I have not seen that episode of Columbo. No, yeah, no I haven't actually. Just I was always distracted by thing. his eye whirling around, actually. <laughs> John, that's awful. <laughs> Poor I Peter know, Falk. I'm, I'm really um, sorry. I, it, no, I thought it was great. But it does feel like it's it's like that movie quality opening. It's like they went out and, as I say, you know, spent tons of money doing the opening and then kind of didn't have enough budget to uh, fill out the entire universe <laughs> in this world. You will never see the Ten Hall again. Uh, that, that you see in the <laughs> opening scene here, you know, that kind of thing. I love the opening montage as well, you mm-hmm. know, where they're kind of cycling down the, the, the streets there, they're kind of walking all happy, jolly, breezily down, you know, Vision is reading a book whilst he walks. I guess that's the modern version of looking at your phone mm-hmm. and going straight into a lamppost, constructing the swing set for the for the the you know the new arrivals mm-hmm. and then it all falling down uh really really like that and yeah. uh yeah i mean i love the font as well for one division um and it's spinning and then all kind of sort of just repeating itself it felt very hannah barbera yes. um, as well that a bit um <laughs> as well as yeah Brady Bunch, Partridge Family. I don't think I ever really remember the Partridge Family. Mm. Brady Bunch, yeah, I remember that, but um, I, I I loved it. I loved the the color um, and just that whole seventies style. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's getting into it. You know, you see you, you see Dottie here, you see Norm, you've got Herb and and Agnes all yeah. with their that seventies look. Uh, it's really really good. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy that they put the. Um hexagons in again mm-hmm. yeah so I, I i do think that we're getting like that's every episode now we've got a hexagon within the, each three there's been a hexagon kind of of some kind oh, okay so this is the this is me going hmm events idea mechanics hmm hmm <laughs> are you starting to tell us something mr fighty because we did, we did have the beekeeper last episode, which was the yes. possible aim reference yes. that was in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe the hexagons are something to do with aim as well. It's an interesting because yeah. we know, like you know, in the actual traditional '70s shows, like the Brady Bunch, we had the squares that rep that had yes. each member of the of the cast uh, in 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 squares on the screen. This time, it's hexagons of of each of the cast. There, yeah, really cool stuff. Um, also, got to mention the theme itself, the actual wording of the theme itself, the entire premise of this episode. I suppose it's all about the pregnancy of of Wanda. So, 
all of the all of the words that are in this theme song are all about one plus one is more than two. You know, it's it's all referencing the fact that she's pregnant. That's the central premise of the show, effectively. We yeah. mentioned before that this whole thing of each episode is the setup. Here's the sitcom, but there's something weird about this family. Here's the sitcom, yeah. and she's a witch. He's uh, he's a robot. You know, here's the sitcom. She's pregnant, and they've just moved into a, a new neighborhood, kind of thing. So, uh, so that's all. That's all contained within this uh, glorious theme tune. I love it. Yeah, and and the other thing about the theme tune as well. Um, you know, we were considering trying to do the synopsis in the <laughs> style of the theme tune. Um, yeah. But, it would have required singing, um, and yeah. I just don't think I was ready for that. Um, I was going to try and include both Derek and Chris in that. I think they were going to be the ba 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 We were going to be that, but uh, sorry, guys, uh, yeah. that's not going to happen. Maybe for the next one, we might choose Ooh. a musical one. I wonder if they will do a musical number. Oh, my God. Can like you imagine, Buffy like or, Buffy? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're friends, people. <laughs> um, they are, it, for me, this is, again, just really, really good. As you said, it's the setting. They, they for each of these episodes so far, have picked up on a, um, the, 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 the trope yeah. of that era's uh, sitcoms mm-hmm. and just replicated it in one episode. And again, they've done it on this one, which is like a very simple premise. Oh no, she has to hide the pregnancy. Yeah. Oh, she's going to have the kid in the house. Ah, and that's it. And it's just, it's a simpler time, <laughs> a simpler type of TV. Absolutely. That does kind of take us on to our second moment, really. The moment itself that's in the episode is the pregnancy. That's what the whole episode yes. is about. Weirdly, in the last two, there's been kind of an A and a B plot. Whereas this really does seem like there's only the A plot, the A plot being that she's pregnant. Um, everything else is kind of connected to the weirdness, the external world, which we'll talk about later on. But the, the pregnancy itself has suddenly become the center of the show. Well, as that's a, as the driver, the isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the thing driving everything else, uh, which is, yeah, really kind of good. And I love the, the whole speed of it as well. You yeah. know, it, it, again, just taking you out of that that reality um and uh yeah there's a big fruity moment with the doctor where uh-huh. he's you know giving different fruits for different stages of pregnancy mm-hmm. um and i i love within that that um you you see wanda's looks you know that there's some of the turns to camera or the looks to camera where she's just like going uh well i know that i think you know he says well you're pregnant and she goes yeah i guess that you know yeah. it's like I think it's a real interesting moment where they capture that kind of, um, you know, m- that feeling of, well, the, the, the lady needs to be told this and she's quite aware of it. I bet that, you know, that bit of misogyny there coming even from a professional doctor. And exactly. That's kind of the thing. They are referencing sixties, fifties and, and seventies TV shows across the series, but they are totally conscious that we are in 2021 and things have changed quite a lot. So I love those looks from Wanda to camera, as you mentioned, just the misogyny of the doctor where he's like, you know, we like the little ladies to understand their pregnancy. So we talk to them about fruit, you know, and, and we see it later with Geraldine he goes oh you've got so such great talent you could be a nurse and the two of them kind of look at each other and go uh well she basically did your job which means she could be a doctor like <laughs> I don't the- think the doctor did anything no. he was useless no. <laughs> he was absolutely useless other than saying 
the big kind of reveal here is that she's four months pregnant from the previous episode, which was only 12 hours ago, effectively. So she's having these children very, very quickly. And even the robotic calculator that is Vision can't predict what she's going to have have the baby. He's predicting it's going to be uh, later on in the week, effectively. But within a day, she's gone through the whole stage of pregnancy. She's gone through the full nine months of pregnancy and has given birth to the two kids. Yeah, well, he was assuming linear progression uh, and couldn't account for the the, the variation in timelines the of the pregnancy. I love that. Exponential um, calculation. And of course, he can't wait to be a proud Papaya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worst joke. What, what funniest joke? And yes. the other worst joke is, how does this happen when a man and a woman love one another? Yep. <laughs> now, uh, to dear. be fair, I love that one. Yeah, that was that the one where it's classic. Yeah, that it's a, it. Lit, this whole thing is classics after classics. It's they're just they're trying to uh, really just tug on that nostalgia exactly for these shows yeah yeah absolutely uh, let's just talk about one final thing about the pregnancy because i thought it was really good fun for comic book fans we don't always get a lot of stuff that's in there specifically for comic book fans i think this is just a lovely touch that we have the two baby names billy and tommy in here the kind of battle between vision and wanda as to what they're going to name the one child they think they're going to have um so a nice touch for comic fans. I don't think it spoils anything to say these are two comic book characters. Billy and Tommy are the children of Wand and Vision. They go on to become superheroes in their own right in the comic books. Uh, I think Billy becomes Wiccan and Tommy becomes Speed. They're the two characters that, uh, yep. that, that they grow up to become. I don't think we're going to see that in the show, but as time is It'd flipping be... on in, in, in months, maybe the kids grew up in, by the time it gets to the 90s of the show, suddenly the kids are are adults and, and superpowered. Well, if if they progress at the same rate as they did in yeah. uh, Wanda, then maybe. And I think it'd be really cool to get um, Wiccan and Speed in their, you know, teenagers. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be really cool. The one thing I will quickly just say is that in the comic books, they are part of the Young Avengers. Yes. And the other members of the Young Avengers are slowly popping or are apparently due to pop up in other properties that are coming in this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, in their own TV series and movies. So TV series uh, like uh, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, uh, like um, Miss Marvel, um, Hawkeye, they're all popping up yeah. in different shows. Oh, very good. And, and America Chavez being in Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all going to be there. There's one also uh, additional, which will just... The final one is uh, Hulkling, yeah. which will be in... He's a part Cree, part Skrull mm-hmm. character who kind of looks a bit green and like a Hulk. So they call him Hulkling, and he... Being in that, you could expect to see him probably in Secret Invasion, Very good. which yeah. is all about that would be That would be really cool because, of course, as well, uh, Hulkling and Wiccan are a couple. Yes, they uh, are. As well. yeah, so that could so be a really nice little touch. It'd be, it's really interesting, isn't it? Let's see how this plays out in the, in, in the TV universe. But that's kind of interesting that this could, just this conversation effectively could lead to Phase 4 being all about the creation of the Young Avengers. That's a nice yeah. theory. I think so. I think it'd be really good. I think we should also mention just on the pregnancy that 
the babies begin kicking really quite quickly mm-hmm. and it uh, causes a uh, magic response uh, throughout Westview yeah. uh, with blackouts and with burst pipes. I, I did like um, Wanda opening up the, the windows to allow them to dry very quickly. Uh-huh. Um, I thought that was quite nice. I also loved the, uh, the I think my water's broken line as, oh, as everywhere <laughs> yeah, just exactly, gets covered in water. Exactly. Like, a really, really funny uh, moment for, for all of them. Uh, but and I, I, I guess importantly uh, for what, uh, one of our later points, this does mean that Geraldine needs to come and collect a bucket yes. as well from uh, Wanda. Yes. Uh, so inserts her into an interesting uh space absolutely absolutely um i also got a reference you know we mentioned in the in the 50s episode in the 60s episode that a lot of the stuff was done practically the way that it would have been filmed uh back when those tv shows were being done this looks exactly the same in this episode of this all the stuff going off the taps spinning the ice coming out of the fridge everything turning on all all around them it looks like it's done practically with with oh yeah uh, traditional effects let's say yeah uh, not done afterwards you know it's really interesting the hoover at the start yeah. it was, it was <laughs> just the yeah. fact that it's not actually sucking into the carpet so it kind of lifts off the ground as it moves backwards and forwards yeah. i was like oh my god i just remember that but at the you know as a kid it was like "Ooh, look at that special effects gosh uh-huh. think how far we've come absolutely well the one thing i'll say before any of our listeners or anyone in the comments uh facebook jump in yes obviously we are not saying that the stork and the butterflies were were practical effects no, no. they were not no, they, they were, not. They, they were yeah. real but, like <laughs> <laughs> pearls no uh they were not but everything else yes agree they were they use practical effects for that but i don't uh, obviously as they say never work with children or animals they they followed those rules well maybe yeah, well, yeah. except for the children part because they're definitely going to be working with children in the show <laughs> I, I think the other interesting thing was when wanda actually gave birth i i like how so much of it was out of shot like they would have done then really kind of hiding the this this whole um birthing and and that you know the baby came out absolutely spick and span and already wrapped in Uh in a in a uh in the clothes and um, i was just like wow I wish that would be fantastic if it was like that. But yeah. of course, yeah, it, it's just the, the kind of cleanness of it all um, <laughs> compared to maybe the reality. Absolutely. Not that I have, of course, any experience in that. Well, you have one experience of it, John. I um, do. I just don't remember it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank God. We all have one experience of it. Yes, that is true. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that thought is now haunting me. All right. I mean, Speaking of hauntings. Because you may need a break. Gentlemen, should we move on to the third point and take a small commercial break? Yes, let's go into our commercial break, Dad. Uh, I wanted to just quickly uh, kind of bring it back to the previous two uh, commercial break, Dad, because we've got a, a great piece of feedback that came in to us uh, from Brandy Lee Anderson over on our Facebook group. Uh, just a little bit of feedback on the previous adverts that, that have gone through in the last couple of episodes. We've kind of talked about how they're connected uh, with the characters, um, and we'll talk about this week's uh, commercial in a second. But... Um, Brandy says, uh, I wanted to touch on the commercials from the show. Obviously, having Stark and Strucker mention shows about Wanda and Vision's past and their creators, but also the ticking on the toaster kind of sounded like a bomb. 
I think it's a reference to the bomb that didn't go off when the twins were trapped in Sokovia. But then when you watch the commercial, there's also a faster ticking there for the second one in the watch uh, commercial. Uh, So I think there's yet another reason for the ticking. That's to let you know time is speeding up, which is why we've already gone from the 50s and the 60s. And now we're heading to the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the pregnancy, you can see, you know, time is condensing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, thanks, Brandy. I just didn't even think of the toaster representing the, the bomb, yep. um, that is described in Age of Ultron, yep. uh, by, uh, by Wanda and Pietro. Yeah, there. They say um, they're sitting yeah. with this bomb in the room for two, two, d- two yeah, days, two isn't days, it? Yeah. Uh, while it ticks, but never goes off. They thought they were going to die. And that's why effectively, they step up to fight against uh, Iron Man and the Avengers at the beginning of, uh, of Age mm. of Ultron. That's their whole reasoning is because Stark was the one that killed their family and killed their whole town, effectively. His well, technology. His technology. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Not not going to criticize Stark on this podcast. I forgot. No, will not. He's <laughs> no. Stark all the way. Remember that. But, but I always felt that, you know, the reasons for Wanda and Pietro in Age of Ultron for, for attacking the Avengers, it absolutely felt true yeah and yeah it was almost part of me you know like when they're in the ship graveyard where uh wander is uh doing the mind control and and with, with the avengers there, there was part of that where i was just i actually was rooting for her and and pietro uh-huh. to kind of get some kind of uh justice i guess yeah. for for um what happened to them as kids like so it was actually a really powerful thing um you know i think it, to was, have, it was definitely well-written you know, motivation for them definitely definitely and yeah. yeah. um, but on to this week's commercial break mm-hmm. uh yes do you need a break ladies and gentlemen uh if you want to escape to a world of your own um but you don't want to go anywhere so such as like in lockdown mm-hmm. uh then of course there is hydra soak I just feel you'd dissolve because it would be like it would convert the water to battery acid something <laughs> like that. A bit of real evil water soak from Hydra. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I'm not too sure. I'm, and I'm, put your hand in and you just get the skeleton right. <gasps> I'm not too sure I'm so bought into Hydra that I would buy all of their products. Uh, but they are very good at branding. Um, if you saw the actual <laughs> packaging itself, it does have the uh, the, the octopus squid uh, Hydra kind of uh, image on the background there as well. So, uh, so they have branded it really well. I have to also give another shout out to one of our awesome listeners who noticed something very specific about this that may tie all of our universes together. Mike, uh, Mike Walling over on our Facebook group mentioned this little clip from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I knew if anyone would understand, it'd be you. I would have figured it out a long time ago if it wasn't for the mind control soap. Yeah. Wait, what? That blue soap everyone uses? Hydra loads it up with chemicals. It seeps into our bloodstream, implants false memories into our brains. They want us to believe this is a magical place. But don't worry, I'm clear. I make my own soap now. No, I think that you're talking about Project Tahiti. So there you go from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, when they were inside the framework, this uh, this kind of um, alternate reality universe, virtual reality universe, let's say, uh, that had them go. all stored in there. Coulson's talking about Hydra soap that... Uh, that controls your mind and and changes uh who you what you see and what you think all around you so uh so is this telling us that hashtag once again it is all connected well even if it isn't (laughs) even if it isn't it can be because that is a great little kind of 
it's a coming together maybe of it even if it's not totally connected um like is wanda inside the framework a a version of the framework that's been taken from agents of shield it's it's entirely possible right now even if it's i think it's it's a a nice nod. i think it's a nice nod i think that's the thing i think it's a nod and a wink to the 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 good old friends over in agents of shield Mm -hmm. all episodes available now disney plus there you go um a, a fantastic ending, by the way. Once more, we'll say it. Fantastic ending. Um, but anyway, I think it's a nice nod mm-hmm. and a wink. I, I think it's, again, blue, the Mind Stone. A, again, the, the Scepter. It's the 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 dreaming escape. Uh, I, I, it all, I think there's just larger narrative threads of what's potentially happening Absolutely. in the background. Yeah. I think that the, I'm very much with the this theory now that yes, the the ticking was different aspects of all the intermissions are different aspects of Wanda's previous life, yeah, or yeah. her her history, her background, kind of so interpret, the, the interpreting her history into yes, uh, into. In- interpretive ticking, yes, absolutely, yes, exactly. Uh, definitely want to mention as well, um, the actress who is the mother in this one was also the actress who was uh, modeling the watch in the previous advert, and also uh, the the uh, housewife toast maker uh, in the first episode and the voiceover person and the person who's uh, doing the bath in this episode was also in the last two commercials as well. So the two people themselves could also have some connection to Wanda that we don't know about yet. Yeah. And the hydrosote tagline is discover the goddess uh, (laughs) within you. Yes. And, um, Initially, I was thinking, I wonder if that's kind of just referencing Madame Hydra and, uh, and how, you know, she was kind of sort of, um, revered within the Hydra organization. But I I wonder as well if, you know, if Wanda is using this for a good old soak, um, in, in this world, whether, uh, it's, it's creating her godly powers in terms of her manipulation of matter, time, uh, and space. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether she's actually using the soap, but but I think it's, it's a reference <laughs> it's to the fact soap. that she's a goddess within this world. Yeah, I reckon yeah. she still needs to bathe. I'm sure she does. And sure what better does. way than with Hydra Soak? <laughs> you see, we could do the adverts for for the commercial breakdown for the commercial breaks uh, in the show. Um, let's get on to our usual section of the uh, of the podcast. Our final two moments of the episode about the weirdness that's going on because that's what's been going on all the way throughout the series. Um, I moment four is the is the weirdness from the episode. I kind of liked how it kind of kicks off here with the vision. Um, we've been wondering whether how involved vision is uh, throughout the series in in what's going on because we mentioned it before no spoiler obviously that vision is dead uh, at this stage we he died in an end game he died twice um back in uh, back in those movies so we don't know wh- who vision is or what what's happening right now but i wasn't expecting that he would start to start to think about what was going on he would start to suspect that the things were a bit weird around him because that kind of points to the fact that maybe he is alive in some sense that he isn't yeah. just someone that Wanda has stuck into this universe, that he is actually a conscious character who knows things that are going on because he pieces everything that's happened over the previous couple of episodes together. You hear him saying to Wanda when she's suspecting that everybody's getting close to their secret, you hear him going, but it's not just that. It is also the dinner we had with the hearts. Um, It is also her outside cutting through the fake wall. Um, All of these things, and obviously the pregnancy, uh, all of these things are starting to kind of piece together in Vision's mind. So he's remembering everything that's happened throughout the previous eras. He's remembered them all 
because they've only just happened. This this well, hasn't gone through a decade since episode one or a decade from episode two. Yeah. These things all happened within the last week. Basically. Well, that, that's it. It's kind of like, does he have his own agency? As you say, he's actually um, conscious. You know, he has his own consciousness here. Or is it something that through the manipulation by Wanda that it is um, rebuilding or it, it, it's constructing within this this world? Mm. And that that's why he's yeah. come to this point after three decades, which have effectively been sped up, mm-hmm. uh, that he he is now able to kind of uh, have more agency a- about him and, and think about everything that's happened. So I, I thought this was really, really interesting. Uh, yeah. And I, I love that um that the this moment for vision um that he is questioning he's feeling uneasy and um, i i have to say that whole moment that initial moment where herb old H- herbert sherbert is <laughs> cutting through the wall and he's just staring like that completely freaked me out that really was a nice jolt yeah. um i guess for the audience uh, it certainly was for me um just to really, I think you've taken the head that a little far there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, you know, it, it was works really nicely because it's just um, when you're a great kickoff point yeah. for the weirdness in, in this episode, and it's just the way he responds. Like that—that that is what Vision says to him. Is I think you've taken it a bit far, and he just kind of stares at him, going, "Thank you very much," and continues to cut into the wood until, and then he just eventually stops this yeah. this uh, this hedge trimmer from going through the wood, but. It seems almost like he is the robot. Like that's what it seems yeah. like uh, in there. The weirdness is starting to get to me. Okay. The glitch. So in this time we didn't get a, a rewind. We got a glitch. Like which so rewind? It yes, but it wasn't like the previous rewind no. where we saw like it was like and they were back into the house. So I think that's a reference to how the TV shows themselves were filmed. You know, in the, exactly. in the 60s, you would use the the kind of videotape thing and, and rewind it. In the 70s, particularly with um, the kind of magic that's being used on the show, you see jump cuts. You see a person standing in position, and then you see them slightly move, and, and Wanda's changed her coat, for example, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's what happens with Vision here. When he says that he's concerned about it in response to her question, he suddenly glitches back. As you say, there's suddenly a pause, goes back to exactly the same moment, and then says reassuring things about the pregnancy effectively. So yeah. Uh, so I think it is the same thing. And did we mention before on the podcast about that this feels like the time stone? I think we mentioned it back in episode one that the cooking cooking of the chicken and then turning the chicken back into eggs feels like uh, the time stone. Um this her manipulation of time where she's able to push it forward and backwards to get a different outcome does also feel like the time stone. Yeah from- and like it's interesting, isn't it? Be at like how or if even the the um, Infinity Stones play into this because, like as we said, Wanda was created um, with the Mind Stone, mm-hmm. um, but you know she's got the she's she's got the red kind of power around um, the things that she does that comes from the Reality yeah. Stone, um, you know, and plus we, we're seeing changes in time here. We know yeah. the Time Stone affected um, Vision. And her in that moment with with Thanos, yeah. uh, whether she is actually she she's just a, a conduit to absorb powers from from the Infinity Stone in some respect. I don't know, or is she just man, kind of manifesting the powers that she's seen? I suppose yeah. is the thing. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, remember, in the real world, what we've seen with her powers for the most part is 
connected to the Mind Stone. She was able to manipulate people's minds in that yeah. in in Age of Ultron. You know, and we've seen that kind of stuff. Um, I know. I think we even got a piece of feedback before where it's very difficult to explain what Scarlet Witch's powers are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they kind of take bits and pieces from the comic. In the yeah. comic book, she's very powerful, and in here, in this kind of construct that she's in, in this. TV universe. She just seems to be using a lot of powers that are very similar to the stones that were, that were in the infinity. Yeah. I guess guess she's powerful because of her range. Like she just really seems to be um, able to do a lot of things almost as she wills them. I I, I guess. I I think, you know, Dr. Strange is constrained by the fact he's got to read all the books to some extent. You know, there's certain limited, you know, there's limited powers with, with Captain America, with Tony Stark around technology and, and and just sort of brute strength, um, and stubbornness, um, with Captain America, Sokovia records. Um, and he was right. (laughs) But, but she seems to be like a sponge, I guess. And, and that's what, but this, is my, but this is the question is she able to use these powers does she have these powers or is it because she's in yeah. this construct in her mind in the tv universe in uh, in a cage are these powers or is she manifesting the things that she's seen on the outside world and they're playing out in this tv world does she if she walked into the real world right now would she be able to manipulate time with the powers i don't think no. so i think this is purely within this tv universe and she's just processing what happened with Thanos' use of the stones, I think. So I, I think it's that she, this is the evidence, this, all the weirdness in this episode and, and the final one, which we'll talk about now in a second, mm-hmm. in the final point, is leading me to believe that she is in control. Be it willingly or unwillingly, mm-hmm. she controls what happens in this reality bubble. Uh-huh. And I think that's what it is. So and I'm very similar to you, Chris. I, I think she's exerting some control within this place. Yes. But I don't know whether I still don't know whether she's in control. Exactly. Totally, but she's exerting exactly. some control. She's yeah. exerting control. So basically when things are do not go the way that she wants, she is able to manifest and changes. And I think it's that. It's she is omnipotent in this if we want to call it a reality, reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say this TV reality. Yeah. She is omnipotent. She could do whatever she wanted Yeah. in this reality. Uh, in the comic books, she had hex powers, and it was reality-bending, warping yeah. powers. Yeah. She was she was very omnipotent in the comic books. In this, it, in the MCU, she is literally just that. She is... Um, kind of she's depowered in that she's telekinetic telekinesis she kind of has ability to move things explode things some element of uh, telepathy um it's just it it it's not on the same spectrum at mm-hmm. all so i think this is as both of you have mentioned this is she has she's processed all these views and abilities and things that everyone else has done in her history mm-hmm. and she is because this is her reality. She is able to manifest those abilities herself as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think that might be it. And uh, I think the best example of that is the our, our final point in this episode, yeah. which is uh, good old Geraldine. Yeah, I think I I I, I kind of agree with you there, Chris. I, I guess one of the things that's really interesting is to what extent she's manipulating, say, like Agnes and her, because. 
we, we see them chatting outside and because he's cut through a wall, is that because he's been affected by this magic? And it's even that, you know, Agnes's response, she's there chatting kind of jauntily to him whilst he's gone even further into the wall and it's stuck there and she's, she, she's not making any reference. So it, it, is this all an act because of maybe who they are and why they're there or is it because they too are being affected by um by the the power of Wanda in this reality. It was kind of spooky yeah. seeing them there, and uh, you you hear them chatting about then Geraldine, which I guess is the other big uh, important thing um here. And again, another moment to weird out uh, Vision even further. And mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. idea that um that they're kind of saying is, is she inside? You know, it's almost like trying to check what's her location. Um, and, and then, you know, she has no family, no husband, and then they say no home. And you, you, you see vision asking, you know, well, what are you saying here? And you then see Herb almost caught in, in, in this, this stutter. Um, yeah. and I have to say, I loved Agnes's little knowing shake of the head to him. Uh, the real subtle one, uh, as mm. you know, Vision's really pressing, uh, Herb to finish, uh, what he was going to say to him. Um, it, I love that. It um, feels like there's something very different about those two characters. It feels like Agnes knows what she's, knows what she's trying to keep a secret, I suppose, from Vision. Yeah. It feels like Herb's trying to say something but can't say it. It feels like yeah. he's been either manipulated with magic to block him from saying something, or as I mentioned earlier on, maybe he's robotic, a creation, something uh, in this world that doesn't really exist outside of it. But Agnes feels different. Agnes feels yeah. like a real, a real human. I suppose Herb feels like he's created for this world in some sense. I don't know what it was just about that scene. I have so many theories, and I really want to say it. I have so many. I have such an opinion on what's going on, and I just I don't want to. Hey, Chris, you got a podcast? Why not? Okay, okay, and we'll get into it in a second. But in theory, we know that this town is real. By the end of this episode, we know that this is a real town. There is a town called Westview where yes. this is all taking place. Yes, yes. Potentially, Wanda is having a, a mental breakdown based on all the grief in the world. Essentially, goes to see this psychiatrist Agnes or this person and essentially in this town of Westview has a mental break is either chemically induced or induced of some kind into a kind of slumber and her powers bubble to the size of a town encompassing all the people in the town of Westview the inhabitants who Herb is just a person who was there and that's why he's affected because they are forced. These normal human people are forced to be part of this TV reality. Interesting. And essentially, this is a way for Wanda to process what has happened. And it's she wants to escape to this world where she can be happy and have her life, whereas the rest of real reality happened. And I think, be it knowingly or whatever, she this has happened to her. So maybe it was chemically forced or she was captured and this is a protective mechanism for Wanda. Okay. But essentially it's her powers have encompassed a town. Yeah. And all the other bit players, bar Agnes, are just that. They're they're bit players. They're they're inhabitants who have become yeah. supporting cast members. I get you. Agnes is powered of some kind. And that's why she is able to steer. 
And these people cannot say anything to Wanda or Vision. Yeah. Because maybe every time they do, this maybe is not the third episode. This may be the third season of this reality because people have tried to say things and Wanda has snapped them out of existence. Right. No, I I think that's a really good point. I, because I I think with what happens at the end as well, you know, you see the Westview town sign yeah and you see it's pretty raggedy as well that it you know it, it's pretty weathered yeah. uh, yep. and all of that uh, and it, it was you know with with seeing that f- that final part and i i guess maybe we can move on to moment five with geraldine remembers but that idea of um that i have down as you know the others um being like Herb and Norm and Dottie being trapped, um, being trapped there because, yeah. as you say, Chris, they inhabited that that town, um, and then uh, unfortunately, this is where um, it was chosen for for Wanda to to be, I guess, yeah. with yeah. everything going on. So, um, yeah, really interesting. But I think moment five, you know, we have Geraldine, and and she is now figuring uh, is a big kind of part here um and you know she has that symbol with the the sword on her on her brooch uh-huh. and again it was that other thing you know so is it only geraldine that sword and the others are are trapped as i was saying and um, or potentially working for another organization mm. maybe just agnes uh in this case um but also geraldine is influencer but we see that spark of of um her memory uh firing up around the the events in age of ultron um that really um begin to uh freak out wonder here yeah um i thought i thought it was really really good i just i i do wonder how geraldine knows um specifically that wanda had a brother called pietro who was killed by ultron because that feels like uh a piece of information that Nobody really would know unless, unless, uh, Wanda was on television having an interview about it at some point over the last five or six years in the real world. So, uh, I think that, you know, it, it, we'll have to just see how that plays out because Geraldine is not a character that we've seen before, uh, in this universe. So it's not somebody that is connected with, uh, with Wanda as far as we know so far. So, um, I mean, so I'm wondering how she would know that. Because she's not an Avenger. You would think if it was like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers, they'd know exactly what happened to Wanda. So, you know, it, it feels like that kind of piece of information would be kind of held within the Avengers group. I don't know. But one of the other elements is that, you know, if we assume, or at the, at this moment, I, I, I would be assuming that because she's got that brooch, which has the sword symbol, and um, that she is briefed effectively it's, it's as simple as that she knows what's happened because sword is able to have that intel right. in the same way that shield would i guess right um but there are other things at play that will come to for sure yeah so i literally think that i think she is not from westview yeah. she is yeah. a agent of sword uh-huh. like the beekeeper unlike sorry, unlike the beekeeper who got caught sneaking into westview through uh-huh. the sewers Geraldine didn't, and she was she able to get in. And what we hear is Agnes and Herb saying she doesn't have a house here. She doesn't. This she's not from here. Yeah, proving that she's from the outside. Yeah, yeah, of the bubble, and that's why she is brief. If sword, it sword is 
not shield in space, but if they are, and I hate that term, they're not that. They're they're a separate thing. But in the in the essence of this conversation, let's just imagine that they are the next version of shield to a degree, right? Yeah. They are a, a, an all knowing, all powerful CIA type agency with Nick Fury at their head. If we are to based on the Spider-Man Far From Home. It's yeah. like, it's like Chris, NASA and the UN. They're two completely yes. different organizations. Yeah. No connections. Chris, Chris <laughs> you, you mean like being shielded in space? Right, stop it. Kind <laughs> of. But anyway. So, one, of the, one of the things that's really important about these discussions that's going on with Geraldine and uh, and Wanda, once again, throughout all these shows, every discussion has something ulterior behind it, some underlying uh, story behind what's actually happening. Geraldine's talking about her job that she has where she's a temp in a marketing agency and she talks about the fact that they they had a serial which has little tiny spacemen on it so mm-hmm. sword is a space agency effectively she says she gave them some new copy for their brand new advert so they they gave her a better job within there they gave her a permanent job in there but if you read between the lines in here sword being a space agency it sounds like she's gotten promoted within that agency and allowed yes. her to go in and visit Wanda within this world effectively. Yes. So that's what that feels like uh, as that conversation. So it is a, a quite an important conversation. There's lots of fun moments in here as well and, I, and we hadn't talked about them at all but the arrival of the stork um I think is really funny the idea that that Wanda has brought this thing to life because of the baby kicking. Uh, Stork uh, obviously used to symbolize uh, babies' births uh, in, in uh, much earlier times. Well, to, this, to our conversation seat. earlier, that's how I was brought into this world. Dropped ah, off yes, on top true. of the chimney. Of course, John. It wasn't the interesting part else. is the Stork is not affected by her powers. Yeah. At all. Apart from being brought to life by her powers. <laughs> yeah, but sorry, she tries to banish it. Yeah. And it is not affected by it. I do love that it's, you know, this red smoke that appears to cover it up and yeah. uh, you just see the kind of batting of the wings of the stork as like, it blows no, away the smoke. No. It's very cool. Uh, but I also love a great touch. My, my comedy moment of the episode is the awesome clothes that Geraldine's wearing with the fish uh, print on them and the stork <laughs> yeah. sees the fish print and walks over to the pants and starts uh, starts snapping at them thinking they're real fish. I just thought that was really cute. It's a nice little yeah. gag. It's, it's, it's that fun, again, this call back to the 70s fun basic where it's like oh no like if it was a little dog that they got and they didn't want the dog anyone to know they got a dog and the dog snips around the corner and tries to nibble on something exactly. and they're like oh go get the ball it's it's that fun it's that it's fun yeah at that at that great moment when the historic uh stands against a wall where there's a painting of a stork on the wall and just kind of uh, blends in perfectly with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just great really comedy, great comedy moments. Really, really enjoyed that. So I did want to mention them in here. But yes, this is the more serious part of the episode. I love that the playful um, laughter track that we've had, the live studio audience yeah. or the laughter track that's been going on throughout the last three episodes drops out of the last 10 minutes roughly of the episode here. We see that it just kind of stops dead and we get the more sinister kind of scoring going on. The music seems more sinister. And there's a total change in Wanda here, completely different from the three kind of little housewives that she's played in yeah. the previous episodes. That's kind yeah. of the way she's been playing these traditional housewife characters with the occasional look to camera to show that she understands there's something weird about the things people are saying to her, the misogyny of the doctor, that kind of stuff. But very specifically in that moment when Geraldine goes, you had a brother who was killed by Ultron. You see the twist. You see the change. She doesn't want to be to have that information let into her mind again. Almost, yeah. Yeah. she doesn't yeah. want to relive what happened to her brother. That's the first 
and big reveal. We mentioned back in the first episode what happened to Wanda so far is that she's lost her entire family, her entire country, effectively, because uh, Sokovia's kind of gone. Um, she lost her brother and she's lost vision. So all of these things that have happened to her, all the things that have been taken away from her, this is the first one that's kind of been revealed here is Pietro and instantly we get the banishment of Geraldine out of the town. Yeah, and I think the pulsing beat that the, that is there as, you know, that you see Geraldine trying to kind of remember why she remembers this, mm-hmm. why she's been prompted by it, and, and Wanda sort of increasingly sort of stirring her down a barrel effectively uh, of her powers uh, and her her own discomfort because she wants to just banish her is really... Uh, like it, it's really good yeah. and coupled with, as you say, um, the laughter track having, uh, been banished as well. Yeah. Uh, then that is, yeah, it's superb little bit of TV that. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the point where the, for, this is the first part in the show where I went, is Wanda the bad guy? Maybe. Like literally I, it, it, it opened up the question in my head to go, could she be the bad, the baddie in this? Not in the, the traditional sense of, ooh, baddie, but mm-hmm. more, this is all being done by her Maybe. to people. And I think that was the, the interesting part. Yeah, because there is that, that question that we're kind of left with. It's a really short moment at the end, but when we have Geraldine kicked out of the world, the world goes to widescreen. We have a complete change in the aspect yeah. ratio, which is so cool to watch as it expands on the TV. Really cool. But she gets kicked out of the world. You mentioned the sign being really decrepit and old looking. It looks like uh, this town has been around for decades and has gone into disrepair effectively. And then Geraldine lying on the ground in her cool 70s clothes, uh, completely surrounded by army men, by uh, by helicopters uh, flying overhead, maybe protectors of the people in the town, as you're kind of suggesting, Chris. But there's one final thing that just literally right as it goes to the credit, the floodlights, well, things that look like floodlights. Yeah, exactly. Are they lighting up the town? Are they projecting the town? Uh, is this something to do with the framework, as I mentioned earlier on? Is, are they projecting something from the floodlights? Because there does seem to be this kind of hazy barrier there where the floodlights are. They do look like floodlights, but I was wondering, yeah, just because yeah, it's it, only on for a couple of seconds, I was wondering whether they're projecting something or are they stopping this uh, control that's being exerted by Wanda from spreading across the world, for example? Exactly. You kind of have that, I mean, is the only way to describe it is the barrier, yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah. pixelated the colour as, as Geraldine comes out. Um, you know, is that... Uh, a force field from these floodlights or is it the re the the makeup of the reality that um that wander is 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 creating here and uh-huh. I, I guess part of that is in, in terms of the the end credits and sequence with that same colors being yep. used to form the flower the mm-hmm. staircase the house and so on um and it you know it, it's again it comes back to that theory is it um then containing are these floodlights containing what Wanda um is creating or Wanda herself or mm. hiding the reality of what Westview is actually like at the moment and projecting that uh, a, a normal view yeah. of, of Westview to the outside world and um, but it it's really interesting I can't wait to find out to I be know. honest because it, it you know it's that idea of 
is it only Geraldine who is sword um or are the others trapped or are they or is it just Agnes working for another organization and what is that organization because you know we see the aim beekeeper look that we referenced last time but of course it had a sword symbol on the back of it exactly. so yeah. it, it could simply just be sword so it seems like those two are connected but Agnes given how much commentary and a much kind of reference to Hydra has been here. I think sadly, Chris, your, uh, your theory that we will not get Hydra in this show may be wrong. This end, it does point to maybe Agnes's Hydra trying to get back their asset created by Baron yeah, Strucker, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that would be, mm. she is an asset. Definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I can see, I can see that as a potential, like two warring factions mm-hmm. in terms of the, the, the floodlights. I, do you remember there was a show called Under the Dome? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it as that, which is basically an Under the Dome it was a TV show yeah. about five to ten years ago, maybe, I think. Yeah. Uh, where it was you know you're getting ten. old when you go. It's a TV show from five or ten years ago. <laughs> no, only a decade ago or so. <laughs> uh, and it was essentially a, a small middle America town was suddenly covered with this impenetrable dome mm-hmm. and they had a couple of shots of outside and it was that which was there was these military floodlights showing the barrier like right. where the, yeah. the cutoff point was yeah. so birds don't fly into it and stuff well more <laughs> so like the unaware army man walking on his rounds doesn't yep. walk in and get sucked into the reality uh, okay, okay. Um, so i can <laughs> see that being it um which is this is this corner off this place this is a danger be careful yeah, but yeah, it's just oh, it's going to be interesting. But gentlemen, any more uh, final points on this point? I guess the main thing is, you know, with um, Wanda just simply saying to Vision um, that she had to, she had to leave, she had to go home. It feels as though Vision um, is settled back down because they, you know, they go to sit on the couch and they've got the babies, they've got Tommy and Billy you know, has all this weirdness that has kind of sparked something in vision. Has, has, is that retained with him at mm. this stage? Or is he, is he just playing happy families with, um, wonder? Cause it looks like it, it almost returns to normal for him. All those kind of doubts or, uh, weird thoughts seem to have, have gone in that last moment. Or, or maybe it's just, you know, such a quick scene that we'll, we'll find out more in, in the next episode. But, uh, I, I think that's, Again, how this develops with vision, um, it will be really interesting. You know, will it be vision, um, that breaks Wanda or is mm. it, it Geraldine? You know, right. what is he going to insert here now that we've seen him get some kind of, um, consciousness or, you know, thinking through what's happening in this world? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, you know, like we mentioned about, you know, we know that Shuri was trying to map his soul, his being. Yeah. Uh, in Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, is that somehow playing into this as well? Mm. They rebuilt Vision, recreated him, and that fractured Wanda. Maybe. That made her go, you rebuilt my dead lover. What yeah. the hell? Maybe. Like, yeah. Thinking they were doing the right thing by resurrecting a team member where actually it destroys her mentally. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to, to your point before about, you know, is Wanda the bad guy here? Mm. Um, you know, just talking about Age of Ultron and her, you know, she was happy to go against, you know, the good guys 
in terms of vengeance against them for the death of their parents and what they put her and Pietra through. Again, if it's something like they've messed around with vision or, um, it, 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 you know, she's got form in being a bad guy within the comics, but also within the MCU. So yeah. it could be a similar type of motivation mm-hmm. um, that she sees, you know, originally cast on Thanos. But if something's messed around that she doesn't like, we know she holds, she can hold a grudge. Um, yes, she can. And so that's another kind of interesting thing, like moving forwards for, for Wanda. I'm going to say justified antagonist is what I would say. Okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, th- I, that's that's a I can get behind. There you yeah. go. So the final kind of thing, I, th- I suppose, on this episode, we could talk about this episode all day, I think. Um, yeah. I've been waiting to talk about this one for a week after, after watching it. I'm just really excited that everybody's gotten to see the episode as well. Um, the one question I have now is with Geraldine out in the outside world and Wanda in the inside world, we didn't see a transition to the 80s uh, in the episode. We didn't see that it's moving on to the 80s. But I wonder if from next week onwards, will we see much more of the bigger picture of this this universe of WandaVision as a TV show? Will we start to see the outside world? Will we start to see what swords actually like in the real world, coupled with it still traveling through the sitcom world as well? Yeah. I'm wondering if that's the way they're going to go in the future, because we've seen almost nothing at all about the future of this show. I think we've seen one photograph of the 80s, and that's kind of it. We've seen nothing else, really. Uh, So I'm wondering whether they'll kind of start to split off into a sitcom world, rather than it just being a whole episode set in a sitcom, will we start to see but the outside world and the sitcom world. Yeah, and and all is that helicopter and all those soldiers um or you know the security guys running to uh, where Geraldine has fallen uh, are they there to help or to hinder? Well, exactly. You know, yeah. it it will mm. be that will give us some clue it, you know is Sword doing this or is it another organization and Sword is trying to infiltrate. You know, maybe that is part of the point of Geraldine or Let's see, I guess. Exactly. There's so many permutations here, which is really cool for, for this character of Wanda mm-hmm. uh, and, and all the others as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the time will tell. I'd like the, I do like the idea of jump cutting between the two. Yeah. So, gentlemen, with that all out of the way, it is time to do what we do so well. Derek, do you defend WandaVision Episode 3? I still love this defending thing being back yeah. on our shows. We haven't had it in ages. So yeah. really cool. Uh, totally defend this episode. I've been really excited for everybody to see it because, as we say, the previews for the show had all three episodes available for all of the reviewers. They got to see the two black and white episodes and this color episode. And we've been questioning and wondering since the first episode, will this appeal to Marvel fans? Will Marvel fans stick around and watch the show? And I think by the end of this episode... If you're not into it and not willing to wait a week and watch the next episode, I think the show just isn't for you. So this episode, this third episode, feels like the one that will get everybody going, oh, now I kind of get the concept of the show here. Whereas the first two episodes, people could just walk away going, why have they got two actors in a black and white sitcom? That makes no sense. Whereas this one does feel much more like we're starting to get connected to the MCU. So I questioned the decision of Disney putting only the first two episodes up, not putting the third one up on the first day. But I kind of like it now. When I think back at it, I'm kind of going, well, actually, what they made you do was wait a week, and your reward is getting an episode this good. So wait another week. Let's see how good episode four is. <laughs> you know, I kind of like it. It's a smart, smart decision from Disney. That's that's me. I defend it, definitely. Uh, John, how about you? Do you defend this episode of WandaVision? 
Yeah, I, I really defend this um, episode of WandaVision. Yeah, I, I just, I loved it. And I, I think it, it comes from, the, you know, th- that kind of final 10 minutes. Um, I love just the encroachment of weirdness coming into mm-hmm. it and having it coming from the perspective of Vision, not Wanda, just, um, you know, reversing time. But she does that again because she feels threatened uh, around everything that Vision is is talking about. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I think, yeah, we, we see in the other people in this world a, a difference with Herb um destroying his hedge trimmer uh we see agnes um and i, I kind of really like what chris was saying there about um her being maybe the only one in, in in this town other than possibly geraldine that has been inserted in there I, I think this was all really good and yeah just the final bit with the the reference to ultron that building kind of tension between mm-hmm. the two characters and that ending you know that it's kind of been building through these first three episodes but you know it was it started off as i guess as normal um for like with the other two episodes were going through these um the the, the motions of the the 70s era and the sitcom um but with the the added weirdness of the the pregnancy and it, it just kind of layered all the weirdness together so I really, really like this. I would give this four and a half he he <laughs> out of five um, for sure. Um, wow. and, uh, that's, uh, that's really good. I, I'm glad you don't have to write that down, John. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, really, really good. Um, but, Chris, do you defend episode three of WandaVision? Guys, I'm sorry to say, this is a bare pass for me. Okay. I am apologetic to, to the core. This is a, this is a three out of five, like just three, because I'm like Derek. I am a hundred percent questioning the logic of spacing this a week. It's not moving the pacing that I want. I love the premise of the sitcom, um, and the weirdness, right? I love the premise. Okay. The question I asked myself last night was, if this wasn't the MCU, would I be enjoying this? Yeah. And I can't answer that. And, and that's you wouldn't. The, Interesting. That, not that I wouldn't. I just can't answer that because I don't know. I don't think I would. Because these half hours, like if it wasn't Wanda and it wasn't Vision and I didn't have these Easter eggs and I didn't, like you take out the commercials and it was just some random thing happening. I'm kind of going, oh, I, like it's a toughie for me. And I think the reason I love it so much and I really, like the reason it's still even as high is because they added these extra bits at the end. And I was like, Okay, so now it's opening up. So now we're going to potentially get this. So I did completely disagree with the the overall Disney choice to not do this as a three episode, like the boys, three episodes and then go. Because this sets it up. I am very curious to see what happens in episode four now. And I think that's the thing. Like if this week had been episode four, it would have been the deciding factor for me. Because I would have gone, yeah, like I'm now in. I like the... I feel the momentum has been tainted like with these shorter episodes. They're only 30 minutes, um, sometimes less with credits. 
and it's just the momentum you get going and it's just like oh we're gonna go oh we're stopped okay and I just I, it's that start stop start stop whereas like you hate cliffhangers don't you it's not cliffhangers <laughs> I cliffhangers just, I'm waiting not the yeah like the, well, we used to watch the Netflix shows where there was a cliffhanger and then it would go you know, 10 seconds and you can finish off your cliffhanger. These are cliffhangers that you got to wait a week for. <laughs> you know, these, yeah. are, these are the tougher ones uh, that we haven't done yeah. in a while. So, yeah. so, look, what they are doing, the writing, the casting, the actors, the, the everything, I still love that. Yeah, It's just, I had to be very honest and go, if this was in the MCU, I don't know if I'd be enjoying it as much. Right. Because it's the... I'm right now here for the characters and the actors. Yeah. Like the story is just not progressing at the speed I want. Now, that's why like, it's just a three out of five. It's like, who knows what will happen in the next, next episode. And I'm here for that. Right. Um, I definitely wouldn't recommend Lost or The Leftovers to you, Chris. Uh, that sounds like uh, completely against your type of shows. Then. <laughs> no, but like they're longer episodes though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, with, I, with, with even more, less revealed. Yeah. With, with oh, <laughs> I guess the thing is, is if you think of the the first three episodes as a single episode, then do you like that episode? I mean, that's the only thing I can yes so that's ask why you I, on, on yeah. that. I guess is because yeah. they are only thirty minutes, yep. so it's very different. I, I I would kind of maybe agree with you if. Episode one was an hour and it was in that style and episode two was an hour and it was in that style and we were now three episodes or three hours in, but it, technically you could watch that um, as a single episode. Um, you know, it is a bit longer at, and, I, and I think to what Derek has said and what you have said, I guess the only thing is, is that, and I agree with you, is that I think Disney should have released all three because yes. they released all three as screeners. And it's a little weird then just releasing two and asking, I guess, uh, people in in places like IGN or newspapers or whatever to then not even mention anything. You know, they've been given a completely different picture compared to the audience on day one of release, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And um Well the screener the screener actually was taken dead what four hours after the first after the first two episodes were released yeah. on Disney Plus. So yeah. they had to watch them <laughs> before yeah. doing their review. They had to watch them or else they didn't have the ability to watch the third episode, which is weird. I didn't. That was the thing. I, yeah, I, I suppose the other option for Disney was that they could have put like they were originally intending episode one on uh, on release date on the uh, on the fifteenth of January, episode two on the twenty second of January, and then next week we would have had episode three. So I suppose that decision definitely put the two black and white episodes um, together on day it one sense. was a good a good decision. So it yes. ended with that change into color. So you were kind of going, okay, I wonder what happens next week because now we're in color. Now we're in the kind of big world of Marvel again. So yeah. uh, so that was definitely the right decision. I'm just not sure whether. Uh, putting all three out the, on the first day because we're going to have some excitement uh, each week to come back for. So um, so we're going to have to get used to it being only half an hour of WandaVision every week. So yeah. might as well get used to it this week, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. And like, am I still here for it? Yes, I'm still here for it. Excellent. Like, well, we're going to make I, sure you are, Chris, because well, we've got course, you contracted for, for nine episodes of uh, of WandaVision. <laughs> there is so, so many thoughts. Uh, once again, so much feedback uh, coming up that we have from our wonderful fellow defenders uh, about this show. We do have one mother piece of business to get to, though. Uh, our WandaVision pub quiz question. John, do you have a pub quiz question for us for this week? I certainly do, fellow defenders. Um, yes, the... WandaVision pub quiz question for episode three is 
What fruit stages of pregnancy does Wanda experience Ooh. in this episode? Yes, the answers should be both timeline and fruit um, <laughs> for uh, the the different stages that uh, Wanda experiences. I guess there maybe is a final one, uh, but the 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 fruit stages uh, provided to us by uh, the Doctor, uh, Doctor Stan, I think. Well, that was his first name. That was um, his first name. Yeah. So yeah, the question three. What fruit stages of pregnancy does Wanda experience in this episode? Please send your answers through to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can send them individually uh, or all at once towards the end once you know all um all the questions from this series and we have some great giveaway for the winner of the pub quiz it is some wandavision funko pops mm -hmm. so yeah please keep the answers coming in fellow defenders they're on their way on their way and if you need to reference all the questions so far they are over on tvpodcastindustries.com forward slash wandavision pub quiz that's right Excellent. So you're looking for timelines and fruit for this one. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Sit in front of the TV with the subtitles on and I, take it, them all down. Once the question's known, yeah. it's relatively easy to answer. That's true. That's true. I guess. So as we leave the pub, gentlemen, let's leave the pub and walk over to Feedback Avenue. Stagger over, I think. Maybe yes. with a kebab in hand. <laughs> oh, do you remember those days? We I used to know. Have pubs. Oh. <laughs> On to feedback. Yes, as I mentioned earlier on, we're going to save some of the feedback uh, for our spoiler spoiler section at the end of the episode so we don't spoil anything that's been uh, ruined by the marketing material. Our first piece of feedback is an email from Parthenia Locklear. She says, Happy New Year, fellow defenders. Getting right to it. Having this show set in the 50s was very interesting. I know you guys referenced or compared it to I Love Lucy. Interestingly enough, that show never popped into my mind. Instead, I immediately thought of the show Bewitched. Snap. <laughs> the wife was a witch and they lived in suburbia trying to live the normal life always trying to avoid being found out the husband was the quirky one which Vision is pay playing out quite well in this show the show also has a very Truman Show vibe as well as you mentioned at first I thought the neighbour was being placed there to keep an eye on them or get more info but as I binged into episode 2 my feelings changed about her did anyone else ever notice that Wanda didn't seem to have total control over magic she could clean the house magically make breakfast for dinner but roasting a chicken was just too much and then reversing it was also not quite right. Also, I noticed the time shifting. With their clothing, it was definitely the 50s in the first episode, and then the second episode, she was wearing a cardigan and pants, which they made note of. The second episode confirmed the bewitched theme for me when they used magic in the magic show to hide their magic. I loved it. Hmm. Vision is here, but all of this is really happening to Wanda and some of the other characters, like Geraldine. I feel like they were in a psychological construct, maybe even a jail of some sort. Alternate universe, maybe? I'm totally interested in seeing how Sword is tied in. I may have to confer with my cousin to refresh my comic book memories. I enjoyed episode one, but episode two was a bit weird and drawn out for me. The expedited pregnancy wasn't weird at all. Insert sarcasm for the children, I suppose. Anyways, glad to be tuning in with you all again. Until next time, Parthenia. Thank you so much, Parthenia. And it's so good to have you back uh, and in the fold, one of us. Insert uh -huh. the sarcasm and for the children all in one go. Yes. You don't need to go to your cousin for your sword uh, uh, comic book memories. Feel free to head on over to our Facebook group, which I know you're there, and just uh, ask any questions you have. And both, uh, I'm sure, the fellow defenders and myself will be happy to answer if you cannot get the answers from your cousin. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Parthenia, and Happy New Year as well to you and all the fellow defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, episode three kind of just will answer some of those questions a bit more as well around uh, the people in the show, or at least give you a bit more insight, possibly expand the theories that are being generated um, through through the show. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Parthenia. Uh, we also got an email from Jolie Bradshaw. Hi, guys. I just wanted to reach out and tell you how much I've loved and appreciated your podcasts. Thank you, Jolie. Um, I l- took the first lockdown to binge watch the MCU with all TV shows, which I hadn't watched before. I now listen to your podcast whilst I'm out on deliveries to the point where I feel like you guys now just come to work with me. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to get out of my house. So yeah, I'm happy to go. To <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> um, they have given me so much insight to the Marvel world. I was always a bit of a fan, but now I'm completely down the rabbit hole, obsessed with the MCU. And I love it. The detail in your shows are incredible. I was just as excited to listen as I was to watch the next episode of the Defender series. Such a good way to debrief, so thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Jolie. That's really nice to say. Yeah. Jolie says, loved the first two episodes of WandaVision. I could talk about them all day, and I'm so intrigued to know where it's heading. The guy in the radio sounded like Phil Coulson. <gasps> oh, there's another one. Uh, a fourth member of our radio Um group it's almost a band (laughs) um since he's ai it would make sense Uh, could the female potential agent from sword who was watching on episode one be daisy johnson question mark oh yeah exactly maybe a real uh tie in to agents of shield Mm -hmm. Uh, as we've kind of mentioned on this episode a little or at least a little nod i guess um also, was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watched enough for that? Is that why they put it on Disney Plus? So many questions. But I guess that's the excitement, even if I'm way off. I love the spark of imagination. Kind regards, Jolie. I, I think that's right, Jolie. Yeah, it's it allows you to just go anywhere with the theories mm-hmm. and the speculation, which is really good. And certainly, I guess, with this show, because... Um, it is a really different take to anything that's happened with Marvel TV yeah. and with the MCU. Um, you know, it, it's risky. Um, but it, it, it means even if you're just at the end of episode one, like I think I was, which was just kind of like, what has just <laughs> happened there? It is, um, you kind of look back at it and maybe you can begin to sort of at least get some kind of coherent thought about how it's going. So yeah, yeah. um, it, it is really good. The spark of imagination. Absolutely. And you know how much I'd love if this was tied into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I would absolutely love it. You know, there was that, that moment at the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not to spoil it, but there was a thought that one of the characters from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going off to say, up sword I remember people making posters for agents of swords the sequel series coming from agents of shield as kind of you know fan made posters obviously so uh, you never know maybe this is connected to agents of shield yeah maybe it's another spin-off agents of shield in space also sword <laughs> oh stop it <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things jolly i know we've all had a really tough year with lockdowns podcasts have really really helped me get through though i've listened to so many podcasts over the last year and i'm so glad we've been able to provide some enjoyment for you yeah uh, over the last year we are out in delivery with you seeing all those wonderful houses uh, that you're going to that we can't get out of our house to see <laughs> yes thank you so much for the feedback we also got one final email piece of feedback from oa4 who had this to say i don't know how many thoughts i even have after watching episode three 
Wanda continuously trying to plug little leaks in her dream life was both incredibly fun and frustrating in the best way. We finally get Billy and Tommy, though it remains to be seen if these are the kids that eventually join the Young Avengers or if they have to be reincarnated like in the source material. When Geraldine makes the biggest leak yet, we finally get a good look at the outside world and some amazingly modern special effects. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to explore more of that character and get a glimpse of S.W.O.R.D., very, very excited to see how this keeps unraveling. Oh, and if you're complaining about the pacing of the show, you're watching it wrong. Don't know what else to tell you. I leave social media alone before I watch a new episode, but I almost want to leave it alone after two because at this point, I think people are nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking, and it kind of sucks. Until next time, 084. Thank you so much, 084. Yes, really interested, as we've already talked about, about Billy and Tommy mm-hmm. uh, and Geraldine and Sword. We've, we've covered that a lot. In terms of the pacing of the show, I hope you don't think I'm nitpicking. Um, I, I think that's <laughs> kind of what we, we, we discuss. We, 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 we pontificate about the episodes. Um, but sure, yes, if, if you, if you, it is always a good thing is if you're not enjoying social media, there's no need to be there. Leave for a while. Come back when you feel comfortable, and yeah. that is the best. But, yes, uh, we are always happy to have you listening to us. Yeah, and as, as we often mention on the show, uh, the thing about social media is it's available for everybody, and you can always find negative opinions about yeah. literally anything that's out there. I'm sure you can find them under the hashtag. So, yeah, maybe keep clear of them if uh, if they're starting to annoy you. I know uh, we talked about it on our 2020 recap, recap show where – the boys got attacked because they didn't release release all the episodes in a week, and they took the rating down to like fifteen yeah. percent of Rotten Tomatoes yeah. because they didn't like the episodes being repeated being released uh, on a weekly basis. That kind of stuff is just ridiculous. People, you know, who clearly want to see the show taking it apart because it wasn't being seen quickly enough. I, I don't know. I don't get that stuff. Star Trek Picard was almost ruined for me by the amount of people just attacking the show that weren't actually watching it. You know, so uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen with One Division. One division, one division. <laughs> can't, you can't do anything terrible to a show with a theme song like that. Exactly. Oh, Thanks so much, 084. Yeah. Uh, really great to get your feedback again. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, first up is Salima Kisler. I loved these first two episodes. Maybe I'm just being diplomatic, but it seems to me that this series is pulling elements from all of those old TV shows I remember watching on Nick at Night in the 90s. And it isn't strictly this episode is this show and that episode is that show. Exactly. Elizabeth Olsen shines brilliantly in this version of the Wanda Maximoff role. I didn't think Paul Bettany was given much to do in episode one, but he definitely caught up in episode two with the magic act and the bit with the gum. Uh The supporting cast is terrific as well, with everyone hamming it up and seemingly having a wonderful time in this bygone-era sitcom style. Mm -hmm. The crumb-by-crumb introductions of colour, beginning with reds, remind me of The Giver and the helicopter being red and yellow. Can't be a coincidence, can it? Mm -hmm. Like everyone else, I'm also wondering what is going on, and I have a ton of crackpot theories. Yeah, join the group, Salim, um, for sure. Uh, Salim goes on and says, At first, I thought the woman watching on TV at the end of episode one was Darcy, but now I'm wondering if that is Agnes watching from next door so she knows exactly when to pop in. Interesting. Yeah, that's a nice theory there as well. Uh, thanks, Salim. Yeah, hadn't thought of that one. Mm. Um, 
He continues, My understanding of the premise of this show is that this is a reality of Wanda's creation, but the outsider watching makes me think it may actually be Vision's mind that's being monitored. I know, I know he's dead, but I'm still holding on to my theory that Shuri extracted enough to save him or some remaining version of him. I suppose it could just as easily be Wanda's mind under some sort of observatory probe. Finally, thank you for avoiding spoilers. I didn't read it until after watching episode 2, but I read the Entertainment Weekly article from December, which included a photo of an expecting Wanda. I can't agree more with Chris in my dislike for this form of promotion. I don't even want to watch the trailers anymore. Mm. Salim. Thanks so much, Salim, uh, for the feedback. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's... I think we've mentioned this when we've discussed um Christopher Nolan's um you know trailers and how he promotes a film and you know for him it's that all important idea of allowing the audience to take their own interpretation and to and to revel in the surprise or yeah. the excitement um and yes yeah, some of this promotion is just frankly bonkers and uh, you know I guess it's driven a lot by people just wanting to know and like well just come at it you know um i suppose as a liverpudlian would say eh, patience um <laughs> i guess you know really yeah. just you know breathe it in digest it yeah. experience it and, and enjoy the um enjoy those moments of surprise tension and whatever i think mostly for me though it is the the, the spoiling for sure. Well, we will talk about that in our spoiler <gasps> section later on. That's exactly oh, no, the thing we we're going to talk about. Now. We are no. going to talk about that because we are getting feedback in about it. We will talk about it definitely. So I, I, hate I would suggest Salim not to listen to that section uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, but thanks so much for your feedback on those first two episodes. Ronaldo shared his thoughts about episode three. He said, just finished, and I have to say, the turn towards the end had me on edge. The scene with Geraldine and Wanda, where Geraldine let slip about Ultron, had me so worried for her. The look on Wanda's face had me a little bit scared of her. Overall, the episode was so well-dressed with the 70s interior design, clothes even down to the Brady Brunch backyard and swing set. The few glitches early on with Vision's neighbours cutting into the wall and Vision's visible glitch and redo of his concerns reminded us that this is anything but a standard sitcom. Love the references of Billy and Tommy from the comics, certainly heading towards House of M territory. And I have to make mention of the ending, so it seems Wanda has created an ideal world for herself and with it, people imprisoned as her neighbours. Geraldine somehow infiltrated the community and was unceremoniously cast out. So if all of this is Wanda's doing, how does this explain Vision? He's dead by rights. Did Wanda reconstruct him, or is he just not real, and is just in everyone's mind's eye? Also, what is Sword's role in this? They're essentially a cosmic defence agency, so I'm not sure yet as to how they fit in. It appears they sanctioned Wanda's world, as seen at the end of episode one. Yet at the same time, they sent in an infiltrator in Geraldine, all very covert, for something they sanctioned. Unless, of course, Wanda is out of control. The ad break, too. Was it trying to tell us something? I think so. How does Hydra fit into it all? And if the voice Wanda heard from the radio in episode two isn't someone from Sword... They can't be, as explained above. Then who is it? Ah, so many questions. Seems like things will unravel soon. Can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, thanks, Ronaldo. Yeah, I, me too. I, I think there's just so many ways that this can can play out, mm -hmm. um, and I can't wait to see um, Sword's role in this either. Yeah. Um, really intrigued. I don't know a lot about Sword, so um, I 
definitely uh, want to see uh, more about this organization. And yeah, this whole idea of who's infiltrating it is it in fact sword that is dealing with whatever's happening with wanda mm-hmm. um is it maybe hydra is that beekeeper a real reference for for aim along with the hexagons as chris was saying um so yeah this could be good or is it all just a red mist and it could actually just be rocks on like the, red, the like boring a... baddies of the marvel universe <laughs> I, I, Something to do with oil, maybe? Red, red mist, like, like a red herring, is that what you're saying? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Ray. We also got some feedback from Brandy Elise Anderson, who said, I think that for the plot of this episode, Wanda and Vision having the discussion on what to name the baby was more than just playful banter. I think that Billy wasn't manifested for Wanda until after Vision named the first baby Tommy, because mm. the two name possibilities for one baby... Uh, able to put the idea to babies and Wanda subconscious. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And then when Vision was so happy that he went with Wanda's choice, oh, I think she just wanted to also give him his name choice. Obviously, most Marvel fans were not surprised on the name, the names or the fact that there was twins. I'm simply talking about for the characters in the plot of this episode. We can't forget to add that by having twins, they've also doubled the mention of Wanda being a twin, which triggered Geraldine to talk about his death at the hands of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much, Brandy. And yeah, it's actually that's a really interesting way to think that the whole twin aspect was something that wasn't in Wanda's mind until there was two names um, and two choices. Yeah, definitely yeah. an interesting view. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much, Brandy. Yeah, thanks, Brandy. Donald Dennis says, so much symbolism in this episode. Geraldine and the apple, the butterflies, the references to Shakespeare and the whole world being a stage, the stork being the most blatant, the water from the ceiling symbolizing both water breaking and as a baptism. Also, the age between the main actors is really obvious in this episode. It's super obvious. Vision is looking pretty old. Uh, This series, it's all for the children, meaning that it was not written for kids, but that Everything was set up for Wanda to have kids. Rewatch the episodes with that in mind and everything makes sense. So many more thoughts. Excellent, Donald. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It, it does feel like that when you get to the end of episode two. It just really feels that everything is being set up so Wanda can have kids with vision, effectively. Something that she couldn't have done in the real world. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Donald. Um, really, uh, yeah, the symbolism is peppered throughout here uh, i didn't catch the baptism one um but, uh, that's that's pretty good yeah. yeah um we also got some feedback from dr bob phillips he says now it's getting serious sitcom world is defo unreal the cracks are showing in the supporting cast and twins particularly unexpected will shatter the mind and body of all but the strongest superheroes Seriously, parents of multiples, you deal with horrors beyond the wildest imagining of most thriller writers. <laughs> uh, yes, my mum can uh, it can testify to that. Yes, um, yes I has twin brothers. I, I certainly do. Uh, I have seen the horror that they create. Um, <laughs> I want to know why the birds are coming to life. If the babies are powered, and where Dottie has gone, and what she's up to. Yes, we see uh, Dottie briefly here yes. uh, with her husband 
Uh, I keep calling him Norm, but it's not. No, it's Phil. It's Phil. Yeah. I don't know where I got Norm from. Yeah, Phil, anyway. Phil with the mustache. The internet started uh, calling him a younger version of David Schwimmer. Um, which <laughs> I is like kind of hilarious. It. So I don't know what it is. It's just, it's like as if David Schwimmer has put on a mustache and now he appears in this show. It's very bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so it looks like Dottie's married to Phil, the guy who got fired in the first episode from, uh, from the company that, uh, that Vision was working for. So, uh, that's quite interesting. The two of them are, are connected that way. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some, um, wild theories as to who Dottie and Phil are mm. um, out on the internet. So let's have a look. Like if they if they if they're just names to a character uh, in of an eventual episode further down the line, I will explain the comic book rationale of who those okay. names are. All I've been doing is just absolutely loving the actor who plays Phil uh, on, on Instagram. He's been putting up all of these uh, great theories that it is uh, he, he is David Schwimmer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's been that's been great fun. I wonder because he's got the tash, he could be a he could be a dead spit for Doctor Strange. Uh, maybe uh, very, I doubt it. Like I, I'm just trying to. St- I, I just want to start to see the Doctor Strange references here. Come on, I MCU. think you just want Doctor Strange in everything. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> why not? Uh, Heather Wallace had this to say, stellar episode, the detailed attention to recreating sitcoms from different decades is meticulous and so impressive. From tonight's opening song, reminiscent of the Partridge family, the house set from the Brady Bunch, and the parody mm-hmm. of how producers tried to hide an actress's pregnancy, it was all so well done. I love Paul Bettany's take on Vision in this setting. He is charming and awkward. It's nice follow-in from the scene of him making Wanda Dinner in Civil War. Elizabeth Olsen is marvellous. One second comedic, grieving as she remembered her brother, and then sinister. Yeah. Wanda's face as she told Vision Geraldine had to go home straight away was frightening. Yeah, this this is the one for me that if the MCU could get Emmys, not saying that they can't, but yeah. like Elizabeth Olsen throughout these three episodes so far has done that quick flick of comedic to dramatic to sinister in just like literally like turning a dial. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's so fantastic. good, so good, and they absolutely can get Emmys now. I'm sure Mandalorian was nominated for a few Emmys for uh, for its show True. on Disney Plus. So uh, hopefully, WandaVision will uh, will continue this uh, these great performances over the rest of the series. Heather, that is a fantastic point about the parody of how producers hide actresses' pregnancies during these types of shows. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't even think about it, but but yeah, you you'd always when you look back in time at these shows where you see actresses wearing heavier clothes uh, than they normally would on previous seasons, you're suddenly going. Why are they doing that? Well, that's it. The fruit bowl, the vase, and then her giving birth behind the sofa. Yes. And just seeing her head. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, Thanks, Heather. Um, Also, Sandy Resendez says, OMG, as someone who grew up watching the Brady Bunch over and over and over again, I squealed when I saw Vision with the Kitty Carrie All Doll. Oh my God, that is brilliant, Sandy. I completely forgot about that. That was the youngest daughter in uh, in the Brady Bunch. That was her doll that she used to carry around all the time. And we have that moment where Vision's looking at the doll going... We have an understanding, and then he changes the the nappy on the uh, the diaper on the uh, on the doll. That's a really good touch. I love it. <laughs> if I could do uh, change a nappy at that speed, I would be okay. But I don't, and I can't, so I won't. Oh, I lucky you don't have kids, Chris. I suppose. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Very lucky because not for the children. 
<laughs> yet Richard Blaze said, I love this episode and the juxtaposition from overly comedic at the beginning to tense drama, maybe with a bit of a thriller horror thrown in at the end in an instant. I've still no clear idea what's going on and can't wait to find out. Yeah, I, it is that, that sudden drop of the, the laughter track, uh, as we uh-huh. mentioned, Richard, just really heightening the tension that is creeping into this world. And, uh, you know, to Heather's point with, with Wanda, just being able to give that sinister feel, you know, is, is so, so good. Yeah. And yes, um, keep the theories flying. Um, I think is, uh, it is the moral of this feedback tale. I Absolutely. Guess. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Richard. Alex Baelish says, okay, Derek, I need to eat a little crow this week. I really like this episode. I still don't have a clue what's going on, but loved the Brady Bunch theme and watching her pregnancy. I love the pace of the show this week since she knows something is wrong. It feels a little like the Truman Show to me, which is not a bad thing at all. Thanks so much for pushing me towards Marvel's legends. Alex, Never have to apologize or eat a little crow or anything like that. Look, the first couple of episodes are really confusing. We we totally understand that. But uh, what I was saying was I told uh, Alex that since he hadn't watched all the MCU movies or hadn't uh, watched them recently, uh, that little Marvel Legends show, those 13-minute cuts of Wanda and Vision and their stories so far in the universe – it's, it's kind of pointless if you've watched all 22 movies recently or 23 movies recently, but if you have it, it's a really good catch up of where yeah, they were and definitely. what happened to them over, over the period of time. And, you know, if you're, if you're looking for those answers in these first couple of episodes of the show, they're not there. They're expecting that you know them, I think. So that's why, that's why they were put up on Disney Plus. So I'm glad that was helpful, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, Alex. Uh, love your surname as well. Uh, I guess you're a relative of Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, maybe. Just maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I loved, um, again, that, uh, there's just so much potential and avenues to go down here with, um, with this show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, I think, yeah, keep the theories flying. Do you know, I've known Alex for two and a half years and it was only on the last call I had with him, the last, uh, last chat I had with him that I asked him whether he was connected to Littlefinger. So sorry for, uh, for that. Sorry, again, Alex. Alex. <laughs> yeah. You probably get that all the time. Probably. But, uh, great name. We also got some feedback from Jeff Child. The set for this episode has Brady Bunch touches. I love the TV trope of hiding an actress's pregnancy by having her wear big clothes, hold things, and stand behind stuff. <laughs> the Doctor, Herb, and Agnes have some idea what's going on. It could be like the Bill Mummy episode of The Twilight Zone, and everyone is afraid to say anything. Mm. Mm, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I think Geraldine has infiltrated this reality for Sword and said too much. I think Wanda is making this reality, but I think it's subconsciously. She still seems surprised by too many things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, think I agree with you, but I have to go back. I'm going to have to watch that Bill Mummy episode of Twilight Zone. It's been a while. Yeah. But even just in general, the idea of bringing in Twilight Zone into this show, because it was kind of going on for a very long time over the yeah. 60s and 70s, so and um, came back multiple times as well. So, yeah, totally get it. Thanks so much for that, Jeff. Salima Kisler says, another great episode, and the first one that has made me really want to watch the next one now and not later. Yeah. We're definitely seeing some developments on the sword front. Uh, it looks to me like Agnes and Herb and possibly all of the secondary characters are sword agents or sword plants. Geraldine seems like a plant to me. We all know that story is going to go somewhere. Ooh. Yeah, I, ho- I really hope that they follow that up in, in episode four. Thanks, Liam. Yeah, thanks, Liam. And also thanks, Jeff, as well. Alan Thomas says, excellent episode. 
I posted in the episode two reaction thread that I went from three out of five in episode one to four out of five in episode two. Now I'm up to five out of five. I guess I need a spinal tap rating system, so I've got room to go to six out of five in the next episode. Turn it up to six. <laughs> Turn it up to six, absolutely. <laughs> Alan goes on, I'm just very pleased to see some forward momentum in the real plot, with Vision articulating that something was wrong, then getting reset by Wanda, the conspiratorial talk between Agnes and the neighbour, and of course the friend who helps with the birth and then brings up Pietro, getting killed by Ultron before getting forcibly ejected by Wanda from whatever force field she has erected around this fantasy world she's presumably created. I had previously assumed that everyone but Wanda was a simulation, and that was obviously wrong. I particularly thought it had to be true of Vision, since he was dead last we saw him. But his being the one to raise concerns about the speed of the pregnancy puts a crimp in that notion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this was one of the great unsettling things about this episode, was kind of starting to think that Vision has got some agency, and that he isn't just this passive uh, creation of Wanda. So, yeah, again, it's just another little layer in here on the kind of, uh, you know, building on the crazy sitcom stuff. Yes, and who doesn't love a crimp in an old good situation? That they used to do it in the eighties, and we're heading into the eighties now. Crimp hair. <laughs> oh, it's about yeah. time. Oh That's... yeah, perms. Oh perms, all the way. Like we have always. a final piece of feedback from Michael Walling, who said this episode confirms Wanda's actions are affecting the real world. Mm. Also. This episode's commercial has Blue Hydra soap. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the framework version, Coulson complained to Daisy about mind-controlling Blue Hydra soap. Yes, Michael, thank you so much for that. And yeah, as you have heard in this episode for so far, we included it. So thank you for that. Excellent. Thanks so much for all the feedback of the episode. we got a couple of voicemails, and then we're going to go on to our spoilery feedback in a mo. Uh, first piece of feedback comes from Steve Brown. Hello, TV Podcast Industries. Derek and the guys. Um, wow, just finished uh, WandaVision Episode 3, and uh, cannot wait to hear you guys talk about it. Cannot wait to talk about this over with Mark. Man, such a good episode, and they're definitely ramping up the tension, the ominousness. Is that the best way to put it? Um, loved the 70s hairstyle. Um, loved the daydream believer from the monkeys right there at the end. Um, and just so many things. I cannot wait. To, uh, again, I just can't wait to talk about this episode more. And um, gosh, you guys, um, let's see. What, what Can I pick out a, just a couple of things that I uh, uh, really, really enjoyed. I uh, already said the hairstyles, the clothes, um, the 70s theme, and uh, just this is my first impression of it. It's really good. I hope that everybody else enjoys it. Um, I know the twins, the twins being born is a callback to the the comics. I don't know the comics all that well, so it's, it's going to be interesting to discuss this and hear your guys' thoughts on on what's going on in your thoughts and that uh, um, that end where uh, Geraldine is thrown out of whatever they're in uh, definitely is giving us some indication of what's going on. So, uh, wow. Anyway, um, I wish I could. I can't wait to watch it again. And I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it later. 
Thanks so much, Steve. I can see how excited you were. Um, I know the seven minutes of credits, and it's so cool to hear the credits in the background at your start, starting recall. It's a, a good way to yeah. use that time waiting for a possible uh, after-credit scene. <laughs> Call yeah. us. Leave us a voicemail. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. I loved your epic feedback with its own soundtrack. Yep. Um, I must say, uh, I think we can say now audio feedback is best served with its own theme tune. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. And yeah, I think... Our thoughts are all over the place as well. Yep. So many permutations, different avenues that they can go with this. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to the next episode for sure. Absolutely. Yes, thank you, Steve. And again, the, the soundtrack alone. That's just the best part of it. <laughs> exactly. Not the only voicemail we have this week. We also have a voicemail from Ryan. Now, this is a weird one, guys. I've got to set this one up for you. Ryan sent in two voicemails for us. And unfortunately, one of them has the spoiler that we don't want to talk about in the main section. So this is actually Ryan's uh, other voicemail for this week's episode. Okay, <laughs> so we will hear from Ryan again with his earlier voicemails in a couple of minutes. Makes sense, yeah. Sort of, in a weird uh, timey-wimey, WandaVision-y type way. Uh, here's Ryan's thoughts on episode three. Hey, what's up, guys? Ryan here. Just wanted to give my quick review on WandaVision season three. So, we're week two, episode three in, and I'm still none the wiser. I'm very thrown. I'm enjoying it, and maybe it's because we've had no Marvel in a year that I am enjoying it, but it is starting to drag on a little bit for me, so I'm hoping that this doesn't go on too much longer without getting a little bit more explanations than what we're getting at the moment. Like I said in my last last review, um. I think this series is going to be wicked when you can binge it when it's finished. But for now, as we stand, it is okay and I am enjoying it. And I'm sure, very confident that Foggy and the team at Disney Marvel will have us all standing, giving them a round of applause at the end of the series. So I'll wait and see what happens. But as we go, like I say, I'm enjoying, but it is dragging on a little bit for me. So... Anyway, keep up the good work and let's see what happens in episode four. Take care, guys. Speak to you soon. Thanks so much, Ryan. So quite similar to Chris there, really, that the the pacing for the episode, you're kind of looking forward to getting a bit more information about uh, about what's going on in the world of Wanda, I suppose, uh, I guess, is, is, is where we are. I do feel that maybe if the next episode we start to see what's going on with Geraldine and we start seeing... Uh, we continue to see the sitcom world that's going on with Wanda. I think that would probably help, uh, yeah. even if we're not getting yeah. full answers, but to see what's actually going on in the in the wider MCU in a way, in the regular world that we've seen for those twenty two movies, uh, might kind of help that that feeling, I suppose. Yeah, I, I it, yeah, I think it would be really good to see some more of the wider world. It, it's like being trapped in your own mind or in your own home in lockdown. You know, it's fine for a while, but yeah. at some point, you've just got to get out. Um, and uh, yes. so, yeah, I, I can definitely... Uh, see that and I, I they need to build a world outside the sitcom anyway you know this is moving yeah. into the next phase of the mcu um I, I i guess we got a little sense of that i think with billy and tommy you know in terms of new avengers we know about ms marvel so th there's some connective tissue that we can see at least with the other tv series to some extent here yeah. already and and that that is some connective tissue but yeah wider world i want to know where the sword really is shield in space yeah no no they're not but this is just now for the fun of annoying Derek. uh thank you so much for that and yeah i'm, I'm glad to see other people are feeling my pain 
Is that the way? We're we're in the same boat. But uh, I agree with Derek after, as we kind of, again, through talking it out, through my weekly therapy, that is TV podcast industries, (laughs) I get to understand my feelings better for a show. So let's wait and see the next episode. Absolutely. And I know this episode is almost a week long, but we do still have a little bit more feedback. Uh, but only for those of you that don't mind being spoiled about some of the things that are out there in the uh, in the world, uh, from marketing materials and from some other investigations, let's say, uh, that people have been done. If you want to end the episode there, thanks so much for joining us for our discussion about episode three of WandaVision. We'll be back next week with our discussion about episode four. Uh, if you want to send us any thoughts, of course, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash TV Podcast Industries, or follow us over on Twitter at TV Pod Industries. Remember, everybody that sent us in feedback will be entered into a separate draw for uh, some other One Division Funko Pops as well. And if you want to join our table quiz, uh, answer any of the questions, you'll be entered into that separate draw for some One Division Funko Pops. Uh, so, loads of opportunities to get there. Of course, to, me- to mention, if your feedback goes into the spoilery section, you will also be entered into that uh, into that draw. Uh, we're not going to. Uh, lock you out for the draw just because you went into the spoiler bit. No, no, no. But don't forget as well, you can also support us over on patreon.com slash TV podcaster industries, where just for a dollar, you can fuel the editing that, the, that our editor needs and the production <laughs> that he needs to produce because this is a, a super a giant sized issue comic book of an episode. Mm. So. Yeah, there's going to be a couple of hours of editing. So it, it might be less than a week long by the time yeah. I've done the editing. I hope it, I yeah. hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting, we're getting into end game levels here. So gentlemen, <laughs> let's move on over to our spoilery section. Ooh. Thanks for joining us. Those of you that don't want to be spoiled, do not stay on if you, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, fellow defenders. Speak to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, defenders, fellow defenders, and the world, welcome to the spoiler section. This is the deep, the dark, the part where we really wish we didn't have to be, but unfortunately, uh, Disney marketing has spoiled a few things uh, that are just out there, and because they're out there, the world knows them, not the world, but at least a majority of people on social media, some uh outlets and variety and IGN and everything. And we just wanted to address it. So like we were made aware of this. If you were any way connected to the marketing of this show, this, the MCU, you knew who some of these people were and what they are and who they are. So welcome. Let's get into some feedback because some of you know as well. And we wanted to be fair and discuss your thoughts as well. Gentlemen, first up, we have uh, a voicemail from Ryan. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's happening, guys? This is Ryan here. So glad to have Defenders TV podcast back in my ears and back on my podcast stream. Wicked to have you guys back. Thank you for the uh, coverage of the season two of The Boys, by the way. I really enjoyed that. And I binged it at the end, which is why I didn't give you guys any of my feedback during the season. But thank you very much and really enjoyed it. But getting into WandaVision, guys. Wow, this was really, really strange. Uh, I had personally decided to not watch any trailers for about four to five months, mainly because they moved the dates around and I wasn't sure when it was coming out. So I didn't want to keep teasing myself with watching trailers. I'm kind of glad I haven't. Um, 
I don't mind the 50s, 60s era stuff. Uh, I'm an 80s baby. I know of I Dream a Genie and Bewitched and didn't mind it, but I'm not the biggest fan. Didn't know anything about I Love Lucy and didn't know anything about the Dick Van Dyke show. So the references I caught throughout these two episodes were I, I Dream a Genie and uh, Bewitched, which is fair enough and it is what it is. But this is why, in my opinion, I think people are giving this uh, series so far a load of stick, which is crazy. It's only two episodes in. I think this uh, this series of WandaVision might be best for those people who are not enjoying these first two episodes to binge it at the end. They might be the people that will sit down when the nine episodes are out and bang it out and be like, you know what, I really enjoyed that. But they're not willing to sit there week by week. But I've been starved of Marvel for over a year. So for me personally, I wasn't willing to wait the... Uh, eight weeks however long it would have been for the whole series to be out i'm really enjoying it i like the easter eggs i like the fact marvel's back on the tv now so i can listen to shows like this and go on youtube and speak to the fans out there and find out all the easter eggs they've left and get excited for the next let's be honest the next year of marvel is going to be amazing and especially with the way disney plus did this they've absolutely smashed it out of the park with star wars and the mandalorian in my opinion and i'm sure that there'll be people out there that agree with me i'm sure the people that disagree but that is my opinion and this disney plus stuff so far is doing really 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 good in my opinion one thing i did want to mention to you guys and the fellow defenders out there i'm sure that um you've heard this i'm not going to take credit at all the voice coming through the radio in episode two talking to wanda uh asking her who's doing this to you who's doing this to you wanda i think it might sorry no i take that back i've heard that it might be the fbi agent that is in ant-man that is always trying to bust uh, paul in ant-man so let's see um i've just called him paul is in paul rudd sorry the FBI agent who's always trying to bust Ant-Man in the Ant-Man film. Not sure of his name, but that's what I've heard in the grapevine. I'm sure by the time you get this, you would have heard that. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for everything. Glad to have your, um, your opinions back and glad to hear the opinions of the fellow defenders. Take care, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. That's right. That's one of the spoilers. Uh, William Walton also had just the, sim- the same spoiler, so I'll just pull it in here. Uh, William says, potential spoiler, I thought I'd read somewhere that the voice on the radio was Randall Park, FBI agent Jimmy Woo for the Ant-Man movies. We know he's in this series working with Darcy for the Thor movies to solve some sort of problem. Maybe the problem is how to bring Wanda out of a coma. Uh, so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, spoilers that we don't want to talk about on the podcast, on the central <laughs> podcast, because not everybody's seen those trailers, not everybody knows the casting of characters coming up on the show. So, um, basically just to put it together and ryan thank you so much for feedback great to have you back uh, with us for defenders tv podcast i know you've been with us right back to daredevil i think uh, and at least luke cage and, and a lot of the, the defenders shows so great to have you back and william thank you so much for your feedback as well the jimmy woo thing okay so just to uh, to show you where this actually came from um marvel specifically removed the name randall park from the credits of the disney plus show uh his voice is the is the voice on the radio? It is Jimmy Woo, played by Randall Park, uh, on that episode. So all the wonderful speculation that our fellow defenders have had I about know. who it could be, unfortunately, is spoiled. And the reason it's been spoiled is because on the credits for the foreign language uh, actors that lend their voice to the show in all the other countries that Disney Plus is in, they credited an actor with the role of FBI agent Jimmy Woo or agent 
Jimmy Woo uh, in the show. So, uh, unfortunately, all of our speculation has to go out the window. We now know that it's Jimmy Woo. Uh, yeah. Completely different. I don't think any of us guessed uh, that it was going to be Jimmy Woo. Damn. I, was, I, I thought our four-piece band was shaping up really well, actually. <laughs> well, it's um, a five-piece now. Well, it's a five-piece. Or Jimmy a, what, a solo. It's a solo now. We, yeah. we know who it is. So, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that, of course. There's a, that's a great way to connect in a character that's going to be going to be appearing in the show yeah. in the future. It's just unfortunate that this type of stuff where they've announced someone that's going to appear in the show and they make a big fanfare out of the character being in the show and then he's not there for three episodes. Uh, Disney clearly wanted to keep it a secret who that person was because they wouldn't have removed his name <laughs> yeah. from the titles if they didn't want to keep it secret. So that's why it's appearing in this section yeah. here. And, and it may be for... It, it probably for legal reasons why they have to credit um the person doing that voice with the the role that they have in in other countries it might yeah. not be in all countries so yeah it, either, it's just one of those just, things uh, that that happens yeah. even though you want to have the secret um it ends up um yeah. having to come out for uh other reasons um is so, that are actually contacting the people that are doing those uh, those credits right. for france or for spain or for germany or wherever telling them uh, could you just remove that person's name from the titles uh that's probably uh, a bit too much work uh to keep the secret but it's, well, that's, it's also where, that's where it was be, found yeah it could also be like the screen actors guild there are as john yeah. says, there is rules in the u.s about when you do it and don't do it and there's all this that potentially some people, if someone is actually someone else in by the end of this show, for example, like if it was someone played someone all along, like they have to then re-edit them back in later point uh, yeah. into the credits. Yeah. So there's all, yeah, there are these weird things. And look, yeah, it's a shame that it got missed. But hey, look at the, the this is the one I'm least. This is what I'm least angry about. Because this was a slip up, if you will, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the, it's the the other ones that we'll get into in a second, including actually no, just Darcy. You mentioned Darcy. Like yeah. I did not want to know she. I love Kat Dennings. I like the fact that she was promoting this on Instagram. Uh, yeah. But the fact that they had to announce already that she was in it, I thought that would have just been her promoting. Hey, this is a great show. I love these guys. And then surprise, she was in like episode four, five, or six. I yeah. think that's amazing because we haven't that seen her cool. since Thor 2. That's right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, um, I hope she gets reconnected with Meow Meow. Meow Meow. <laughs> um, yeah. Meow Meow. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Um, yeah, definitely uh, starved of Marvel in the last 12 months or uh-huh. so. So like yourself, dead excited for what's coming down the line. And it's great to have you back on uh, Defenders. And thanks, William Walton, as well, for the the feedback over mm-hmm. on Facebook. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's a real fine balance, isn't it, between yeah. spoiling and not spoiling. Yeah. Um, and you know, even on IMDb, you've got you know the actress who plays Darcy the yeah. uh, up up there. So e- even if that wasn't necessarily right, it's yeah. got people thinking about it um, anyway. So uh, yeah, it, it's so many different sources now. At least we know um, that from Cat Dennings. But go and Google cast of One Division if you want to have some really weird yeah. spoilers. Google has photographs of characters that most likely will not be appearing in the show, as if they have been fully cast and are definitely going to be the, the the main characters of the show. Uh, I don't know why that is. It's it's very bizarre. I wonder if they just you- compiled that from google searches <laughs> yeah it's, it's really weird 
thanks so much for all that. One other spoiler, I suppose, that we didn't really want to go into because we definitely think that Disney Plus was trying to keep this behind. But from day one, when Tamana Paris was cast in the role uh, for the show, she's been called Monica Rambeau and they've been giving a background history to the character over and over again, <laughs> everywhere. And the first three episodes, she's called Geraldine. Yeah. And I think that's a big spoiler for who yep. she is. Uh, Jerry sent an email to us. He says, uh, hi, my name is Jerry. Loved listening to you guys on the Boys Podcast. I think everyone in the in WandaVision are real people. Some are willing participants. Others, actors playing parts. For example, Agnes. Uh, some people are not like Monica Rambeau. Um, I do believe... Vision is not who everyone thinks he is as well. He's an actor. Clues in a behind-the-scenes feature online suggests Simon Wilson, a.k.a. Wonder Man, brother of the Grim Reaper, might be Vision, which was teased in the opening credits of Episode 2. So what will Wanda do when she discovers that this isn't her Vision? Keep up the great podcasting. So this, this kind of stuff where, you know, it's behind-the-scenes features that may be giving away that Vision isn't Vision or that characters aren't who they are you know that's the kind of stuff that we don't won't really be talking about in our central podcast i suppose but yeah. but particularly yeah. this monica rambeau reveal I, I you know the actual launch event even had an interview with uh with the actress who's playing this role of geraldine and was saying how what does it feel like being monica rambeau in this I in know. this tv show and it's like this there's, there's three episodes uh which have her playing a different character and you know something's weird there's always something weird about all of these episodes but you don't expect that they're going to spoil that that uh for everybody watching the show this is the one that really got to me like they could have so kept her as geraldine in the promos, yeah, yeah, in 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 all of it, because it would have been fine. Like she hasn't discussed anything. Like you go, and your character goes to some really weird places. Yeah, she yeah. does, and it's great. And I'll wait till you see it. But the first couple of episodes, I was so happy to be part of the MCU. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like they could have encapsulated, but unfortunately, they got to move the hype machine going. Sorry, yeah. and for uh, those who don't know who Monica Rambeau is, she is the little girl friend of uh carol danvers in captain marvel the first film she's the little girl who's now 20 years older and grown up yes because captain marvel was set in 1991 i think so this is set in present day so she's now this is her in her 30s etc she wasn't an agent of sword or shield or anything but that's fine so she is a pivotal character this is the part where i'm like no see You've gone and spoiled a potential pivotal moment. Because if you imagine, and this is the bit I'm like, can you imagine the, oh my God, they just sent, if we didn't know, yeah. they just sent someone from like the TV show into the real world. Oh my God. Like, can you imagine what, like, that's going to be really interesting. How that like, person, the person who's been inside, we're going to learn. But now we find more than likely because of the sword symbol, well, she's probably an agent. Yeah. So, it's either they don't think she's going to be big enough or there's something else. And I'm leaning more towards potentially that this is, it's so minuscule of a spoiler that this doesn't matter to them. I 100% agree. There's there's definitely going to be loads of stuff. Hell, we hardly even know what's going on in the three yeah. episodes we've actually watched. Yeah. So, um, but I, I just think having the character name Monica Rambeau means there's going to be a tie in here with Captain Marvel had we not had that, we'd still have exactly the same storyline here. We'd still have a character who is a, a, an agent of sword coming in, monitoring, getting kicked out of the universe. All the story could have played out exactly the same, but knowing that she is a character from the Marvel movies, 
just think it takes away a bit of the uh, suspense for the yeah. show, you know. At, at no, I, yeah, definitely. Um, but I, also, thanks, Jerry, as well for the the um, the, the the bit are in the opening credits of episode two. I think Chris also spotted that the brother of the Grim Reaper, Simon Williams, um, as well. So, like, that's something I really need to kind of read up on. So, um, I, I think that's a, a good little spot, and I, I think those kind of Easter eggs are really fun that you you know you see them in the titles uh, and all that so yeah. Uh, yeah thanks so much jerry for for your email yeah. absolutely and, and and also yeah with with william and with um ryan as well there's a lot of um snippets out there shall we say yeah, yeah. but they're really good theories as well uh, yeah, yeah exactly. you guys are sharing, so really good to hear from you one final one and this is more of a joke that i put it in here uh over on twitter uh <laughs> matt, matt murdoch uh, at musical concepts over on twitter uh had said he found it really interesting looking through the score for episode one. The end credits theme is titled Wanda's Theme. Uh, this might contextualize that Vision isn't even really there. Not for sure of that, just pondering. Honestly, really, the joke here is just because of how many uh, movies and TV shows have been spoiled by titles of uh, of CD soundtracks or soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. Do you all remember uh, Phantom Menace that had yeah. the uh, had the Qui Gon Jinn's funeral as the title of <laughs> yeah. one of their CD tracks? Uh, yeah, just in case, just in case that's what it is. But no, that is that is really good matter, really good, uh, really good spot that it is Wanda's theme, uh, not the Wanda Vision theme at the end of the episode one. So uh, yes. it's a good catch. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody that's shared their feedback. Spoiler alert or not, uh, great to talk to you all uh, once again about this uh, at this episode of WandaVision. Really looking forward to episode four next week. Yes, we'll be back for episode four on Disney Plus, Friday the 29th. Be there, be square. We'll actually probably, well, we'll be watching on Friday the 29th. Obviously, yeah. you won't be listening to us till after that. But thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you soon because we're in the spoilery zone. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. Well, I'd better get going. That macrame isn't going to hitch itself. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep daydreaming. Bye. 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 Bye.